Hello, and thank you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. This is episode 75, and it's our favorite time of year. We have finally arrived at the best of the year episode. This is best of 2019. We're going to be counting down our 10 favorite films of the year, as well as dishing out some awards to some worthy and some unworthy films that we would like to highlight based on some categories we came up with. So we will be getting into those top 10 lists very soon. Very soon. Jesus. <laughs> Off to a hot start with these mimosas. Um, but first things first, I'll introduce the two jabronis who you just heard laugh. Travis, it's time. Hello, hello. You excited? The day we've all been waiting for. All year. The Wait one for that it all year. delayed a week. <laughs> because this jabroni was sick. Welcome back from uh, quarantine, Tom. Thank you. Glad to be back. Yeah. Your voice still sounds a little, uh, a little off kilter, but, <laughs> but you sound all right. <laughs> Glad you're feeling better, bud. Thanks. So we have arrived. So uh, we're not going to dilly-dally too much unless there's uh, anything you guys wanted to bring up before we uh, get into Best of 2019 stuff. Any anecdotes? Anything hilarious that happened in the past uh, couple weeks? Or are you good? I don't know, dude. I've been like... Nothing about Out of commish. Out of commish. Ever. The whole family just destroyed. Oh, my God. <laughs> How tragic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, fuck it then. Let's just move in. So before we actually count down our top 10 list, we are going to talk briefly about the year in general. Thoughts, maybe themes that you saw, trends emerging, um, what you thought of the year in general. So uh, I'll go first. Uh, 2019, if you asked me this question around probably August or September, I would have been like super weak year for film. John Wick and Toy Story, that's all. Movies suck, I'm done. But uh, as I've been catching up with things and things have been coming out, uh, when all is said and done, pretty awesome year for movies. Maybe not like the best, but... I yeah. saw a lot of good shit this year. First half of the year was dog garbage for Very the weak. most part. Um, but yeah, second half, a lot of solid stuff. Mm. A lot of good stuff. Great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Tom, uh, given your situation, being busy with work and you know bringing a child into this world. Yeah, most of the baby. Not as much time to see things <clears throat> as, as previous years. But no. uh, based on what you did see... You are renowned the world over for only seeing the goodies. <laughs> yes. You don't waste your time with, with nonsense. This is, this is not Tom's it. top 10. This is Tom's better half of 2019. <laughs> <laughs> you said, um, what, 20 movies? So <laughs> More than that. 26. Okay. Something, something like that. Something like 26. <laughs> Come on. That's better than like your average person by far. Yeah, but your average person isn't a host on a movie podcast. Well, it's okay. You know, Tom makes up for his lack of movie watching with personality. Yeah, with my wit. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as soon as you guys find someone who's a better replacement, <laughs> you know, you let me know. But I don't think there's that many out there. That's true. That's true. You're irreplaceable, Tom. And that speaks to the the quality of the the host that you are, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, you guys have no other friends. 
<laughs> oh, shit. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We've had plenty of guests on the show. Let's see. Trends? <laughs> trends, trends, trends. Yeah, anything you noticed? Well, I'm glad to see uh, the continued oh, I got plenty. Uh, quarter one sci-fi movie, like solid sci-fi action in, in the early part of the year. Mm-hmm. Continue. That was good. Um, Netflix is becoming more of a a presence, I would say, in uh, oh yeah, top ten contention with their originals. Probably all all of the streaming services are, but Netflix is the one. I that mean, when you buy everything, out. one of one of them's going to hit every once in a while, right? <laughs> yeah, when you have every single <laughs> streaming service possible. Um, I don't know if I noticed any other particular trends. Although I feel like, like themes in the movies, have trends, there all, or is there just a war like, movie every year? I, I feel like for the last like three or four years, there's been like more the state of film, solid themes. war movies. But I guess that's probably every year of, for all of time that that's been happening. For the most part, I mean, last year, I don't know if there was one last year. Hacksaw Ridge was 2017, right? Yep. Dunkirk was 2017, or. Hacksaw was 2016. Dunkirk was 2017. Really? Right? Yeah. Yep. You're probably right. Yeah. 2018 wasn't a war movie on my top 10, so no, there was not. Yeah, a war <laughs> it doesn't movie. exist to me if there was one. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got to have the Academy loves those war movies, so. Oh, yeah. You got to crank one of those out. Uh, themes, though. Travis, I'm sure this is on your list of themes. Class warfare. Oh, yeah. A lot of that this year. Everywhere. You got us. Ready or not, Nightingale, Knives Out, of more Nightingale. Nightingale isn't so much class warfare. Parasite, yes, Parasite's the big one, yeah. Um, but it does deal with class. It does a little bit, yeah. It's more so about uh, colonizers and and white people just being yeah all sorts of of bad. <laughs> I think that the film goes beyond race, even, but. It is very much about race still, but... Yeah. I would say there's a... If you compare, like, Us and the Nightingale to Ready or Not and Parasite, like, they all are kind of dealing with similar themes, but Ready or Not and Parasite and Knives Out, for sure, are definitely leaning more toward class than they are race. Though yeah. all three Nightingale is more like... You throw Hustlers in there? Yeah, that's... Yeah. yeah, definitely class warfare. Not so much... Not as much of a race element uh, no. in that film. Nightingale's but. more simply just like good versus evil. Yeah. But most of the evil is white. There's white people <laughs> enacting <laughs> horrible, horrible violence on indigenous peoples. Yes. You, did you, you saw Nightingale, right, Tom? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about it more later, so we'll move on from that. But uh, other themes. Corporate um, greed. I would say this is the year, especially when it comes to award season, of worthy contenders being snubbed. The fact that Willem Dafoe, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't even nominated. Was not. I remember when we did our Lighthouse review, I said, just give him the fucking Oscar now because nobody can beat him. Mm. And he didn't even get a nomination. He got no nubbed. That's a joke. Sad. Elizabeth Moss for her smell. Given the way that the Academy uh, separates, you know, actress versus actor, the nominees for actress this year, it's a pretty weak year. You got, I'm pretty sure Margot Robbie is nominated. For Bombshell? 
Bombshell. Oh, but supporting for yeah. for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Somebody's nominated twice in the same category, I think. Oh. Is it Scarlett Johansson? For JoJo and Marriage Story? No. Yeah, it is. Lead, it's for right? it's for I think someone Marriage is... Story and I thought it was Scarlett Johansson. I can't recall. Well, we'll be doing Oscar predictions at the end of the show, so maybe we'll revisit that. But um, other themes, I mean, that's the big one that stood out to me was uh, exploring class dynamics. Travis, you said you had a whole fucking list. What uh, what do you got? What stood out to you? Well, we already named a few of them. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think just like class is probably the biggest one though with like knives out even uncut gems to an i mean i guess like capitalism is another theme but that's like a theme every year yeah it's <laughs> kind of rolled into into class yeah uh yeah. legacy is a big one i think yeah yeah uh, you got your irishman irish waters a bit i know you didn't see that dragged across concrete i know you, you just had to get the name out there as much as you can huh? <laughs> <Sort of>. <laughs> <laughs> um Hmm. I think those are the big ones. And uh, let us not forget that 2019 was the year of Keanu. Just he was all over our culture, in our movies, in our memes. Keep it coming. In our video I games, say. in our Instagram feeds. I hope 2020 is even bigger for the guy. I I hope. I hope that every year is five bigger. years from now. <laughs> I hope he runs for president in 2024. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then our foreign policy is just send him over there and <laughs> so take that, care of business. That'll line up with the release of what John Wick Six. Yeah, except it'll be in it'll be in um, documentary format. <laughs> yeah, there's, never before have the lines between fiction and reality blurred <laughs> as much as they have now. All right. Um, anything else you guys want to mention before we? Uh, do our roundtable. I should say the format. We each have a top ten list, and we're going roundtable 10, 10, 10, 9, 9, 9. If you've heard one of these episodes before, we're doing it the same way. None of this splitting between uh, consensus picks or or jumping around. And when I say my number ten is this, Travis says that's also my six. Oh no, no None spoilers, no spoilers here. Not, yeah, <laughs> I have no idea what is on Travis's list. I mostly know what's on Tom's list by virtue of you know just the sheer number of films he saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know probably what the ten are, the order maybe not so much. But you think you know my ten? We could probably give or take one or two. Yeah. Oh yeah, we would definitely pass that test with flying colors. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, you guys are the worst. <laughs> All right. Well, without further ado. Well, wait. Who goes first? Well, that's what I was gonna say. Okay. Let's get into this thing. I don't recall last year the order. Not that it really. I think matters, I went but... last with my epic reveal of Mandy. That's true. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then. I think I went first last year. <laughs> All right, so I'll go first. Yeah, Tom, Tom, Travis, me. Is that the order we're going? Sure. We're going clockwise around the table. All right, Tom, let's hear it. What is your number 10 pick of the year? The Lighthouse. Mm. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see that one coming? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did I can't remember Wait, if I did. I enough. did take a... So Travis I made a mock I list. made a top 10. <laughs> Took a screenshot, sent it to Matt. But oh, this was good. before. Yeah, I did have the lighthouse on there. As was your number ten. 
Oh, well, you fucking nailed it. Oh, my God. But there's one on here that I have as your number two that is probably like towards the bottom or not on your list. Mm-hmm. But, <clears throat> well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Wow. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Lighthouse. Uh, you know, when we watched this movie, it wasn't like... I don't think I was able to put the puzzle pieces together enough to like love it and be over the moon by it. But I was certainly captivated, certainly interested. I would... I would watch, I would rewatch, but probably only with someone who hasn't seen it before, just to watch their reactions. Um, yeah. I think it'll be fun to rewatch, though. And maybe yeah, it'll be fun to rewatch, but. Because knowing everything that happens and then. I just don't know if I'm going to get more out of it a second time. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I would necessarily get more out of it on a second watch, but it's a. For how strange of a movie it is, there are moments that are pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a funny movie. Mm hmm. And um, performances. Are I don't know if I would necessarily rewatch it with the expectation that it's going to open itself up to me and I'm going to have a newfound appreciation for it. Right. I'm not going to rule that out, but more so, I'm just curious to see, you know, see all the farts, the farts again. <laughs> we love we love fluids on this show. There's some good, some solid fluids <laughs> of the. Uh, White sea <laughs> <laughs> foam. Yes, sea <laughs> sea foam. There's um, the seagull scene we can watch again. Oh man, when he bashes that seagull's brains in, <laughs> love it. It's a great scene. That All was right. a good movie. Uh, top ten worthy. All right, my number ten. Mm-hmm. S. Craig Zoller's No Country for Old Men. Boo, <laughs> boo. Dragged across concrete. I can't believe it. So did you, before you go any further, did you construct your top 10? They're all, so we've talked about this a little bit in constructing lists. Like it's not purely necessarily what you think are the best Mm -hmm. movies of the year. There's a little bit of like, I want to uh, put particular emphasis on maybe a film that some people haven't seen, or maybe there's some politics involved. Now I'm asking you, did you construct your list? To piss you to off? To piss me off. No, I did not. Because <laughs> you're off to a good start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I did not. Okay. But I did try and be a little different. And so, especially with these like first couple picks here, I didn't want to go with the so obvious picks. I went with ones that maybe need a little more attention. So the bottom half is your cool guy picks. Essentially. <laughs> well, it's just I didn't feel that strongly about like 11 12 13 compared to like 10 9 8 so i'd rather give smaller movies more love um but i was tinkering around with this for like the last couple weeks and just this morning about an hour before you guys got here set it in place and now it looks perfect see that's all it takes (laughs) it's just like there's a moment where you like just move things around yeah exactly and then you know (laughs) okay anyways back to dragged across concrete um just a fun, <laughs> light and entertaining movie. Just a romp, a sweet romp. Uh, <clears throat> well, it's it's somewhat of a heist movie, but you more so focus on the the cops, even though they're undercover and not necessarily on duty the whole time. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I just I just like the epicness of it. Um, it's kind of like a hangout movie and. I didn't find it boring, especially just them like bantering to each other in the car um, on their stakeouts. I love the like the shockiness of it. I never really quite knew where like it was going, and 
it didn't really feel like anyone was safe. And I liked how like no one could really like trust anyone in the movie. And if they did, it usually backfired. Um, like, you know, it, whether they were trying to do good or not. Um, it's got a weird sense of humor. It is slightly racist. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, it's not a perfect movie, but I definitely see myself coming back to it. It just feels like a, it, sure, sure, it's a long movie, but it feels like a nice, like, epic contained story. Like, it's like a solid season of television in a movie format. In a two and a half hour yeah. movie. This is what I wanted True Detective season two to be. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Anything else on Dread Across Concrete? Movie rules. Probably the last time it's coming up. So, come on, the last half hour was pretty cool. Uh, the only reason why I gave it a two and a half and not like a one and a half is because of the last half hour or so. Or, and because someone gets annihilated that you're not a fan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Um, yeah, I have strong feelings about that movie, but don't Negative need to get it in here. Yeah. Not, if we were doing a bottom 10 of the year, it might be fringe, fringe top 10 worst of the year for me, but <laughs> Uh, yeah, not for me. Not my cup of tea. Uh, okay. My number 10, The Peanut Butter Falcon. Oh, it made the list. I was not sure if it was going to make it. Uh, it's been kind of steadily drifting down uh, throughout the year as I've seen more and more things. And at a certain point, I had it floating around like the 12, 13 spot. But I mean, kind of similar to what you said, like the 9, 10, like that's kind of where you kind of play with it a little bit. And. I was looking at the other movies that I had in that area, and I was like, you know what? The Peanut Butter Falcon made me really happy. It looks good. It has that kind of quirky, like, Sundance indie feel that a lot of those movies have. But um, I think Shia LaBeouf gives a great, great performance. Um, I think he's awesome in it. I think that... Big year for Shia. Mm -hmm. Big Big year year for Shia. Huge year for Shia. Um, I love how tender it is, and it's a funny movie. Plus with the wrestling aspect of it, fucking loved it. Just the cherry on top. One, yes, <laughs> one of my favorite moments in a theater all year is towards the end of that movie when it, it kind of dips into the fantastical a little bit when it comes to the wrestling. And I just, I had the biggest shit eating grin on my face watching that. See, that's scene. like the one moment that kind of made me lose it. Really? That's what put it over the top for me. That's what made it a five banger. Um, just really, really funny, sweet, tender. Um, and will it have the same impact as maybe some other movies Bruce, on this Bruce list? Bruce Stern's or? in that movie, right? Bruce Stern? Yeah. Isn't he at the start? Like at the... Uh... Oh, yeah. He's in the retirement home. Or not a retirement he's... home. It's like a assisted living facility yeah. um, where the, the, the handicapped... Um, I can't remember his name. Zach, I think. Zach. He's kind of the main character. He basically wants to become a wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Rooster helps him break out of yeah. out of the, the this home. Um, He's another old guy who's in everything. Rooster, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right, true. Um, loved it, Peanut Butter Falcon. If you haven't seen it, it's very sweet. It's a kind film. There's a lot of empathy in it, and I really appreciate that, especially in a year that was just a fucking garbage fire. Outside of the movies, and inside the movies a little bit. Great stuff. Love it. That's my number ten. Cool. Oh, actually, so since we just went around... Tom, uh, i got to hide your list, bud. 
Oh man, <laughs> Travis just—he uh, just spoiled the whole thing. No, I did. Yeah. Um, before we move on, so I'm going to periodically be reading um, user submitted lists. Uh, we received some some top fives, some top tens, uh, some just people writing in with their favorite favorite film of the year. Um, so I'm going to be starting off with a top five that we received from listener Christopher. He wrote into us, ashamed to say I still haven't watched The Irishman, but here's what I got for a top five. No particular order. Jojo Rabbit, Peanut Butter Falcon, whoop, whoop. Parasite, Ad Astra, Hell Yeah, and Avengers Endgame. Keep rocking it on your podcast. Thanks, Christopher. Appreciate you listening and writing in. Uh, it's a solid list. Got some of my favorites Pretty on there. Pretty solid. All right, Tom. Continue. What's your number nine film of the year? 1917 mm-hmm. is my number nueve. So you did see this. Yeah. You chose to see 1917 instead of Little Women, huh? Mm, there were some uh, politics involved mm. in terms of who I was going to the movies with, mm. as I I'm recall. I'm guessing it's not Sarah that made that call. No. We haven't seen a movie together since Vinny was born. Just leave Vinny at home. <laughs> He's fine. Harriet can look yeah. after him. <laughs> can watch him. Uh, 1917. Uh, big movie um grandiose we haven't had to talk about scope. it yeah. at all mm. um some uh standout camera work oh yeah the deeks mm-hmm. a lock um, this year back-to-back champ yeah <laughs> finally and, and just like uh you know a, a fairly intimate story in terms of like considering the scope of the whole, of the whole thing uh highlights for me would be the burning city at night mm-hmm. the oh yeah um and um uh crossing no man's land which takes place early in the film uh lots of good moments yeah lots of good moments i think if that if i wanted one more thing from this movie it would just be a little bit more suspense i think there could have been more time spent at night um but it's a it's a really good movie yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I didn't love it. You're not gonna. It's not gonna be on my top ten spoiler. But um, there were standout moments that I thought were really effective. But I, I honestly think the one shot continuous story thing for me is more of a gimmick than anything. And I, yeah, I think there are times where it actively you can tell that they're kind of padding it to benefit this mechanic that they have going on there's kind of especially early on in the movie there's long stretches where they're they're just kind of walking and talking and some of it is effective some of it isn't there are moments where the clock is ticking so like the thing is that he needs to get to warn these people but there's just like it takes a lot of detours um that i don't think given how high the stakes are why do that like there's some moments where i'm like realistically he shouldn't be doing this but because it is tense and it makes for good movie watching like he's doing it like the scene where he first goes into that city at night Mm -hmm. or it's not night yet uh Mm -hmm. he's getting shot at and he like goes upstairs and takes the guy out it's like just use cover and keep going i don't know little things like that but i will say (laughs) you're just a better call of duty player yeah yeah. (laughs) i almost pooped myself uh there is a moment early on where they're like uh, after they cross no man's land and they're in like the the German like bunker oh, and dude. the rat 
falls and triggers the explosion, mm. I fun- my heart like jumped out of my chest. I knew it, it was, was so loud. Yeah, I knew it was coming, but I still like jumped out of my seat. That was the most effective use of the one shot mechanic, I think, because you get the shot where you just see the black as they walk in, and then the camera goes in, and then you see the yeah. light, and they're like looking around. And another thing I appreciate is like the small touches where there's like. like pictures in the background that you see that the film doesn't necessarily like zoom in on but there's like little personal touches throughout that were cool yeah i totally agree with you on the one on the one take thing i i didn't think it added all that much to the film Um, except for the set pieces it was cool except for the set pieces sometimes like when they're in the trenches but you could have just done that you know you didn't need to be doing the tracking the whole time so uh yeah i'm with you on that one it was impressive, but ultimately, uh, maybe didn't add as much to the movie as, except to get you in the seat. Maybe a little <laughs> bit of a shower. Whoa! <laughs> this is breaking news. What? My brother just said Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash. What? That is insane. Really? <laughs> yeah. Kobe Kobe oh, Bryant yeah. is dead. I just got a text. Wow. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Oh, that's tragic. Well, you didn't hear it here first, but... By the time this goes out, it's all <laughs> news, but... Oh, my God. God, that's... What incredible podcasting. <laughs> tragic news Hit coming through on air. It right now, Matt. <laughs> oh, that's oh my really, God. really sad. He was, he just won uh, an Oscar last year. Oh, yeah, for his short? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, that's Kobe. crazy. Sorry to derail the podcast. He I just had to share. is my favorite basketball player ever. I know you're a Laker fan. Yeah. That's why I had to spill the beans. Uh, LeBron just passed him for all time on the scoring list for yeah. number three last night. That is crazy. Wow. Weird... Maybe he crashed the helicopter. I don't know. Maybe he was like, well, I'm no longer the best of my era, so we're taking this taking this uh, whirly bird down. Oh, man. All right. Anyway, so talk about Back 1917. Yeah. No. We're going my number nine, right? Are we well, you nine? you haven't said anything about. I mean, unless there's a reason why. Oh, I'm not saying anything yet, but. Oh, you wanted me to. I thought you guys. Oh, we were just chiming in. in. You you oh. made the comment about how we haven't talked about this yet. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought it was great. Uh, <clears throat> some intense sequences. Better than Dunkirk. Uh, no, yeah. definitely not better than Dunkirk. Dunkirk's still better, but. Uh, yeah, I I think the one take thing was maybe a little gimmicky and. Maybe was a little overhyped. Um, I also thought the uh, like the big sequence being spoiled in the trailer was kind of lame. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, love the performances. Love certain sequences. Um, it's expertly crafted. I think it's hard to fault other than just saying that maybe it's a little gimmicky and um, just, uh, war movies are kind of a tired genre, but. And it's not really saying kind of a timeless genre as well. So <laughs> it's not really saying anything. Like as far as a, it's a, it's a popcorn movie. It's a well done popcorn movie, but there's really not any. I mean, there's themes like, it's exploring. You know, kind of. About it's not like, bringing anything new to the world right. genre outside the game. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's Tom's number nine. Yep. My number nine. This one will shock and delight you, Matt. A rewatch that I. Kept hidden on Letterboxd. Oh, man. 
You were the king of fucking <laughs> playing the game. You were like logging feel, things, I but feel not like rating Travis it. Travis is playing a game that we don't realize we're in. Yeah, <laughs> that's my own game. <laughs> I got to try and make it a little fun, right? I guess. I mean, I, I think, think it's you. Fun, I think fun for me. I think you're overestimating how much Tom and I look at Letterbox. Like, you don't need well, to hide things. I'm not looking for them. Uh, well, you know, I just didn't want to make it obvious when I relocked it. The only time it would be a spoiler is if you happen to have just Matt, rewatched it. Keep talking, I and I will move this off the fucking list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Let's hear. It. I'm, I'm excited. The last black man in San Francisco. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! So maybe I was just in the wrong mood the first time I saw it. But uh, yeah, I, I thought it was just like maybe slightly boring the first time I saw it. But I don't know. I was in the right mood on a rewatch or it just kind of clicked for me. Uh, I think it's one of the most beautiful movies of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, really like the camera work, especially in like the first half hour. There's some like inventive or like kinetic type like stuff. Like where they're skateboarding through the city. And you get like uh, all the images in slow motion of the different people who live in San Francisco, and yeah, and then like that one shot of like the camera like dropping on that person's like face almost, and then it like swings up. Uh huh. Yeah, with the leaves, um, right? Yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. right around there. Um, yeah, and then him just like skateboarding down that giant just hill later hills. on in the movie. Yeah. Um, it's a movie about friendship and just like moving on and growing up, and thought all those themes hit the second time uh it's also about like gentrification and it's you know dealing with similar stuff as like blind spotting and a couple other movies from last year um i liked the whole like not play within a play but like how they do like the you know there's like a a work inside of the work with the whole play towards the end of the movie Mm -hmm. yeah um but yeah good stuff Yes. Good good lead performances as well. The Jimmy Fails and uh something majors? Yeah, I forget their names, but <clears throat> just them on screen together was a delight. They're both really good. Yeah, I love them. And the music too. Oh yeah. So good. Great music in that movie. Oh, yeah. Alright. My number nine. You guys might be surprised to see it this low on the list. It's High Life. Whoa! It was sitting at like number one and two for for a lot of the year. Um, just kept sliding. Just kept sliding, and I got a rewatching, and I still love the movie, but it's just a little. It's a very unpleasant movie, mm. and while I do like that, it's not something that I'm necessarily <laughs> gonna feel inclined to return to because it's a very strange kind of obtuse movie. Um, incredible visuals and i like cream the fact that it's <laughs> it's a space movie but it's not really about space like it's very plays very fast and loose with kind of the science of being in space but really it's just kind of exploring taboos in an alien setting not alien in like a fucking little green people thing but like taking what she has done, Claire Denis, I mean, in some of her previous films and just kind of putting it in space just to kind of change the stakes, but show that like the same kinds of taboos and, and motivations exist even in a bubble. So I thought that was really cool. Um, and fluids, the best yeah. fluids of the year, the fuck box, the fuck box. it kills. 
That scene is very disturbing and just very weird. So strange. Like you would think Juliette Binoche like riding a dildo. Like, oh man, this is boner town. But no, very much no. <laughs> Her body, the way she moves, is so. I love broke. that scene. I do too. But it's it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm, but it's so interesting. It's one of the most striking things I've seen, not just this year, like in a while, like that scene, but everything from the music to the way she contorts her body to just her like, hair. Yeah. <laughs> it's she looks like a witch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about witches sexy, put them in a movie. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, High Life, it did slide a little bit, but I do still think it's a very fascinating and interesting film. Just maybe didn't resonate as much on the, the second watch. Mm. So that's my number nine. Cool, cool. Uh, it's my number eight. Oh, yeah. Perfect segue. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You going to say anything? Or? Nope. All right. Robert Pattinson. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like the ending. really like the ending. Me too. Uh, yeah. I, I wish I didn't have to wait quite so long to get there feel like it slows down toward the end of the movie a little bit but um mm, yeah i guess i can see that the stuff with robert pattinson and the baby t- towards the beginning is some good stuff yeah well that's where i mean from the very beginning i think one of the first things robert pattinson says is like taboo do you know what taboo means mm-hmm. like the, the movie kind of opens with that yeah. it's like, okay well maybe a little on the nose but all right my, num- my number eight yep mm-hmm. little women Nice. Uh, Matt and I reviewed this last episode. Mm-hmm. This is the one I'm most excited to rewatch. Uh, Chelsea and I had plans to go see this on two different occasions this past week, but bailed on both of them. So that was kind of a bummer. Um, great ensemble cast. Beautiful film. Uh, my first experience with the Little Women tale. Um, I think, well can't definitively say it but i think this will be the version that i stick to i'd be curious to maybe watch the one from like the 90s but i think this is going to be my little women so (laughs) everybody has one (laughs) uh yeah and i just love the i don't want to spoil the ending but just how the, the ending was done and um masterful some would say yes uh yeah, but yeah, I'm most excited to rewatch it because I think I'll get even more out of it, um, just the way it's structured and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Tom, it's a bummer you didn't catch up with it, but I think yeah, you should. my sickness derailed my plans. Yeah, I think I'll probably wait for it to come out and not watch it with Sarah. Ru- not rush to the theaters and watch it with Sarah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good plan. Fair. All right, my number eight. It's Parasite. Whoa, that's I had low? it. I had it higher. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? As much as I think Parasite is a fantastic film, unique in its own way, uh, just a real a real pleasure to watch. It's tense. It's funny. It's one of the best crafted films of the year, but it just didn't really stick around in my mind. Like I think it explores some interesting themes, but they're pretty easily digestible. And while they're interesting, I just... I don't know. It didn't linger with me like it did with a lot of people. I mean, I love the performances. I love um, the reveals, the, the twists and turns, the reveals, if you will. Uh, loved it, but uh, I think it's fantastic. But it just when I look at the movies that I have ranked higher, uh, 
there are others that kind of resonated with me on an emotional level, and that's kind of what I value above anything else. Um, so do I think Parasite is worthy of all of the attention and, and awards it's been getting? Yes. Do I think it's a shame that the actors weren't recognized for their work by the Academy? Absolutely. But uh, just for me, uh, there are other movies that... But didn't Bong get a Best Director nom? He did. I, I more so just mean the cast. Like, yeah. Really good performances, but because they're in a foreign language, I think people just right. aren't... Yeah, man, that dad should have been nominated for supporting absolutely got to get joaquin in there got to get joaquin in there for the english language remake no (laughs) the nomination oh yeah you got to make room um and then one other thing i'll say is that one of my favorite scenes of the year is when uh the the sister uh is smoking a cigarette on the toilet that's just like blasting water underneath her (laughs) in the room it's just like a quiet moment where there's all this chaos going around I loved it. That's probably my favorite moment in the movie. But uh, yeah, that's my number eight, Parasite. Uh, real quick, let's gonna Solid we're choice. gonna go ahead and read another user submission. This came from Julie. Her favorite film of the year was Avengers Endgame. All right. No elaboration there, but thank you for writing in. That is a great movie. Someone say the best Marvel movie. Not me. But some. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that movie though. Endgame. I rewatched it, had a blast with it. It's awesome. I mean, they really did about as good of a job as they could have done given the circumstances. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? All right, Tom. Your number seven. <clears throat> My number seven is Toy Story Four. It made it. Oh yeah. That was the one I was talking about. Oh, was it number you had it number two? Yeah. Just because it was like the only other five star movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, mm. I don't know. Matt, look, Matt was saying my list is not really in order of how I rank things, <laughs> which, uh, you know, take that for what it's worth. But um, Toy Story 4 is a perfect movie. Um, I thought it was like a valuable addition to the uh, Matt's showing me a beer right now called Sprinkle Muffin, and nice. it looks amazing. <laughs> um uh, it was a valuable addition to the story. You know, it wasn't just like a cash grab or something. Um, well, it was, but well, I, no. <laughs> I, mean, I guess, but like the story, <laughs> ended, story ended at three. Grab. Like, why would you make another one? But it's actually exploring some interesting ideas. Like, what what happens with the toys post Andy? I think so too. Um, Forky, such a good character. Sarah and I have been calling each other trash for the entire <laughs> year in honor of him. It took seeing this movie to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you know, he really just made it, like, acceptable. Um, yeah. I thought it was really funny. Good movie. Never Great. bored. Flawless. Five stars. Pixar rules. Pixar rules. Pixar does rule. <laughs> Although I'm a little worried. I don't know how I feel about Onward. I'm sure you guys no, have seen the I trailers. Think Onward looks bad. I don't know if I say it looks bad, but it looks... Two kids. It's not that. It looks a little DreamWorksy. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, right. It feels like a DreamWorks premise. I mean, heavy DreamWorks. Maybe they'll do something with it, but I have faith. Pixar hasn't That's done me wrong. Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, right? Yeah, yeah. The I only have, time Pixar. Faith. The only time Pixar has done me wrong is Cars Two. That's it. Yeah. Have I been disappointed by some of their movies? Yeah, but. It's the only bad one. It's the only one I would call legitimately. That's where bad. they did you dirty. Yeah, they <laughs> done did me dirty. 
All right, number seven, mm-hmm. marriage story. Ooh, that low, huh? That low, yeah. Oh, shit. That's what brings uh, us together today. Yes. Marriage. Marriage. Great performances, great moments. Um, I don't know. Kind of a perfect movie, in a way. <laughs> Still only number seven, huh? There were more perfecter movies uh no that's not how i construct my list though <laughs> so you're stacking the top half of the ones that are going to piss me off i'm guessing no those are just most most favorite <laughs> this is lesser favorite uh i don't know it's it, yeah it's entertaining it's about a uh very ripe topic uh yeah i don't really know what to say about it other than what's already been said about it i feel like yeah, we we did what we needed to do on the episode. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, um, Adam Driver is he winning the Oscar? I don't know. It might go to. Do you Joaquin. want him to win the Oscar? Um, Oscar noms are a later segment in this episode. Most worthy. That's true. You're right, Tom. I can't get too He's, far ahead of ourselves. Is Leo up there for Once Upon a Time? Save it. I don't even know. Yeah, we're gonna have to look at the list. Okay. Well, we'll come back to it. Yeah, I'm sure you guys will talk about Marge's story later. So. It's number seven. Great movie. Don't be so sure. It's just kind of a boring pick, you know? I guess. It's just like a shoe-in almost for the top (laughs) ten. So That's a compliment to the film. Oh, sure. Of course. Yeah. All right. That was your number seven? (laughs) Yes. My number seven, Pain and Glory by Almodovar. This was one that I uh, had to make the list. <laughs> I had to. I had, you know, I had the number one and two spot reserved for a hidden life and pain and glory. Didn't get to a hidden life, pain and glory while it made my list. Didn't quite squeak onto the top, but um, Antonio Banderas, my favorite performance of the year. Him and uh, my boy Brad are topsies for me. I think he is incredibly it's a, an incredibly nuanced performance um essentially the film is in the vein of things like eight and a half like a director kind of making a autobiographical film about their own career and it tackles uh you know looking back on on a life and the art that you've made and the mistakes you've made and it deals with you know aching bodies and just like the perils of getting older and i just thought it was very profound poetic i loved it i think it's probably one of the most underrated films of the year for me just in that I feel like the people who saw it loved it, but it's not getting as much attention. I mean, maybe now that it's got a couple Oscar noms. Critics love it. Critics love it, but, you know. It's number one on some people. People who aren't paid to watch movies, I feel like I don't hear them talk. Like, on film Twitter, sure, I see people talk about Pain and Glory, but I think it's... um, There's a universal aspect to it that I don't think you really get in Almodovar's other films. Because he he makes... um, He's not very commercial, though. No, not at all. Most of his stuff is underseen, except from, like, film fanatics. Yeah, and he had a brief period where he was, like, an Oscar, like, all about my mother and talked to her. Like, that was kind of the peak of his, like, Western crossover. Um, But this movie is just, it's powerful, well-acted, poignant, loved it. That's my number seven. Did it make you want to do heroin? 
little bit. <laughs> it's one of the most nonchalant depictions yeah, right. of heroin that I've ever seen. Oh, I didn't know that was part of the story. Yeah, yeah. Um, Spoilers, Tom. I'm going to read another submission before we move on to our number six picks. This one comes from Sandy. The 2019 release of The Lion King is my favorite movie for 2019. The CG animal expressions were so well done, added so much to the storyline from the original 1994 release. The scenes are so beautiful, something animation just couldn't provide. Hmm. Lion King. Did not catch did not catch that one. Nor did I. I passed. It's on the plane. Like I could watch That'd it. That'd be a good plane one. Would it? Well, held captive. I can't in believe a you're saying piece this. of steel in the sky. I mean, I can't think of another situation where I, I know, would watch it. <laughs> you know the story. It's you know it's an easy watch. So if you get distracted, no big deal. Yeah. Well, I haven't I haven't wa- watched any of these uh, uh, remakes except for Beauty and the Beast. I like the some of the princess ones, but well. There's Actually, other princess ones? Cinderella. I think that was the first one they did, right? Actually, oh. The first live action. I saw Cinderella. I don't P- think people I love Cinderella. I never saw it. I like Beauty and the Beast a lot. Beauty and the Beast is pretty good. I, uh, but I haven't seen like Aladdin. Jungle Book was good. Or Jungle Book. I didn't see it. I don't, now that I think about it, I don't know if I've seen any of them. Aladdin, The Lion King, Cinderella, Jungle Book. Um, like there's another on. one. You I'm, love Disney. I'm what for sure going to be seeing Mulan, though. Mulan oh, yeah. looks good. Yeah, we'll do Mulan. Okay, number six. Mm-hmm. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Great pick. <laughs> Great pick. <laughs> Love it. Great pick. Is that what you had for number what? six? For my number six. Oh, uh, yeah, it's on your list of Oh, you got the wrong number, mine. though? Uh, yeah. I don't know if these are flying colors. Colors, maybe, but... um, This movie, just like this one, stuck with me after I saw it. Um, really funny. <laughs> Such a funny movie. Uh, it's just a good time. I would totally rewatch this anytime. Um, it's got that quality to it. I love the way it ended, the way it all wrapped up. I love the, um, the characters like, you know, I don't know if you guys felt this, but I was, I was thinking there was going to be like some tension between Brad and Leo's characters. Like they would eventually have a falling out or something. Um, and, uh, you know, I won't spoil whether or not that happens, but, uh, I, I just enjoyed their kind of camaraderie throughout the film. Um, and yeah, I don't know. You guys want to add anything? Well, I was hoping for a different kind of tension, like, like a, like a broke back, <laughs> a broke back situation. Uh, I was just waiting for Pitt to mount an DiCaprio and just show him who's boss. Like you might be the famous one, but I'm the one who does all the legwork and takes care of your bitch ass. And it didn't happen. Mm. That's why it's a three star movie, not a five star movie. No barebacking. <laughs> no, Raw no, dogging. Nothing to add, Tom. Nothing to add. Okay. He's saving it. Of course he's saving <laughs> it. Everyone knows he's saving it. <laughs> all right, Travis, what's your number I, six? I can't slip that one by you guys. Uh number six is Book Smart. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Pretty high on my list. For, mm-hmm. Well, I just don't think the movie's getting the the love it deserves. Most comedies don't, but <laughs> uh, I thought this was probably the funniest movie of the year. Uh, yeah, definitely the funniest movie of the year, by far. 
great performances, great chemistry. Mm-hmm. Love all the characters, the side characters. Mm-hmm. It's a great high school movie. Um, yeah, liked it a lot. It's just a good, fun movie. <laughs> Uh, attempted a rewatch on Friday night because Haley wanted to rewatch it and she fell asleep about halfway through. So we ended up taking it off. Mm. But based on the first half of the rewatch, not, not a five star movie no. anymore. No. Bummer. I gave it five stars and it was like, <laughs> it was kind of fringe top 10 for me, but I think it got the theater bump for sure. I was not laughing nearly as much as I, as I was in the theater. Um, I think, their chemistry, the two leads, Caitlin Dever, Deaver, and uh, Beanie Feldstein. Oh, yeah, I love Beanie. It goes a long way, and there are definitely funny moments. Like that scene in the Uber where they're watching the the porn, and yes. Sudeikis plugs it in, and you hear just like the <laughs> that sound of like the slapping and the sucking was so funny. Uh, <laughs> but it just... I like their, their falling out moment quite a bit. Um, I didn't get that far on the rewatch, but yeah. The animated part was not my favorite part of it, but I didn't hate it. I straight up hated it on the rewatch. <laughs> it brings it down. Like I thought that was horrible. And it's just, I, I forgave it for this, the first watch, but it's just too derivative of super bad. I mean, I was telling Tom in the yeah. car, it's basically woke super bad <laughs> and it's, that's not a bad thing. It's just, uh, I mean, there's another movie that I would say is incredibly derivative uh, to a, a fault that will not be making an appearance on my list, but maybe yours, Travis. We'll see. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it went down. It's still a great movie, though. Still a good pick. Yeah, I'm. I'm mainly going by like, you know, what what was like the most memorable, or like just thinking back in the year, like what were my most like enjoyable experiences watching something, and that was my sixth. One. Yeah, yeah, fair. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right. My number, my number six. The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Hell yeah. I've uh, been championing this movie from the first watch. Loved it. Did rewatch it. We'll say uh, the ending didn't really bother me on a first watch. On a rewatch, uh, I recognize the ending's pretty weak. It kind of feels like they didn't really know how to end the movie. Um, so that kind of yeah, brought it down a it little bit. It is a little ab- abrupt. Yeah, and say. just given how like poignant and poetic the rest of the movie is, I feel like the ending is just a little bit of a wet noodle. But um, didn't hate it by any means. So that still a five star movie. Doesn't quite nail the landing, but everything else, the music, the performances, uh, another one of my favorite scenes of the year. <laughs> the last little drips of the champagne bottle. Um, one of my favorite moments of the year is when, uh, not the main character, but uh, his friend, something majors is the actor's name. I can't remember. Um, Jimmy fails is like, why do you like, why do you uh, talk to those guys? Or why do you write about those guys? Uh, they're assholes or whatever. And then he says something to the effect of uh, why do I have to, or why can't why can't just because they're mean to me why does that mean i can't appreciate them something like that and i thought that was just like a really interesting perspective and and powerful moment when there's that moment in the play where they're like people aren't just one thing and like it has to deal with a death and i won't spoil Mm -hmm. who the death is but just like how you will remember someone 
for more than just one thing. Like, sure, they were an asshole to me at this time in my life, but they have also been a great friend at this point in my life. So I'm going to try and remember the good and bad about them because, you know, people are more than just the one thing. Right, exactly. So just, uh, I also love the parts where Mike Epps shows up. Oh, yeah. Very small part. <laughs> he's great in it. He's, he's, he's awesome. Um, yeah, absolutely love it. I don't think enough people are talking about this movie. It's on Amazon Prime, if you haven't seen it. Uh, really, really fantastic. Dipped a little bit in my list towards the end, but still coming in strong. Beautiful love letter to San Francisco. Very beautiful. And there's that part on the bus where he's talking to Thora Birch. Oh yeah. And he says, uh, you can't, you can't hate the city if you don't love it or something like that. Um, which is very simple, but you know, it's a powerful sentiment. It makes sense. You know, yeah. Who are you to say, you don't, you haven't spent enough time here. Like if you don't love it, you can't hate it. That's my number six. Uh, before we move into the top half of our list, I'm going to read another user submission. This one comes from Dan. Just making it into the 2019 year. Released December 25th. Uh, 1917. This flick is monumental work in directing and cinematography. Though I'm not sure technically what a quote continuous shoot is. This film's action presentation left me exhausted as I left the theater. An amazing picture that sucked me into World War One and left me with a feeling of deep gratitude and respect for those in the trenches. Thanks for writing in, Dan. We talked about 1917 earlier. Solid pick. Good Dan shit. should watch um, They Shall Not Grow Old. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, yeah. he would love it. That's good. All right. We're in the top half. Tom, your numero cinco. Yeah, my numero cinco is <laughs> J-Dubs 3, Parabellum. Oh, yes, dude. See, course, I'm glad someone at this table had the balls to put John Wick in their top 10. Because I didn't, and I'm regretting didn't it. Didn't you guys both put two when it came out? Yeah. A weaker year, but. <laughs> um, yeah, I just rewatched this, actually. So good. Just. I'm, I'm, I'm so far on this train. <laughs> There's no getting off. There's no stops left. I'm just riding this into the sunset. John Wick. As many movies as they make, I'll be there. I want one every other year for the rest of my life. <laughs> or at least until Keanu dies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can just... I mean, I love the Daniel Craig Bonds, but you can just toss those in the garbage and replace them with John Wick. We yeah. don't need Bond anymore. We're He's just, our like, generation's <clears throat> James Bond. Who gives a fuck about pretty James much. Bond's old ass? I know, right? Except I don't know. I'm actually pretty one. excited for the new one. Me too. It looks pretty dumb. <laughs> it does look dumb. I mean, we got Kerry Fukunaga at the home, so it's oh, got to yeah. be good. Yeah, maybe I jumped the gun a little bit with that. <laughs> um, the, uh, I, I think the last time I had some complaints about this movie that just didn't bother me the second time around. Yeah, you realize you're wrong, and it's perfect. I realize I was wrong. All the stuff with the dogs is so much oh, fun. So good. I, I liked that the first time, but... Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what else to add that we didn't already talk about on the last uh, ep- or the episode, uh, the John Wick episode. But uh... so you didn't love the stuff at the end with like the the knife fights in the glass area, and I loved it. But I remember you being like, eh, "It's a little samey," or it, it's it felt, been done before. Yeah, like... you're right. If it, it felt samey to John Wick Two, um, which was also like a mirror room. Oh, the museum fight thing, thing. Yeah. So I. I um maybe it just been a while, you know, so it didn't bug me. The other thing that bothered me was how the um the guys he was fighting like had opportunities to kill John Wick and just didn't. They just held back 
you know, just for the honor of fighting John Wick. And and I guess the first time it bugged me, and the second time I thought it was awesome. It makes perfect sense. It makes right. perfect sense. They just want to fight John Wick. Um, I think. Um, <laughs> Who wouldn't want to fight this, John Wick? This movie feels more so than the other ones. Like he go, it's like he goes from just stage to stage to stage. You know, just different. Like first he's in a library, then he's in this crazy like old timey museum with. Just, just a, a shit knife of museum, like, and then there's the horse thing. Like you can plot it out by like horse thing, motorcycle thing, desert thing, you know, whatever. And it's all so cool. But it's it's just so much fun. Mm-hmm. It's just like you're never bored. You're always in a different, like, completely different environment with tons of little props and toys for John Wick to get his hands on. Um, yeah, total blast. You love John Wick. I love John Wick. <laughs> can okay. So one thing before we move on, can this franchise jump the shark? Because John Wick is straight up killing people with horses. Like, he's, like, turning the horses and, like, having them kick and taking dudes out. Mm-hmm. Like, is there a point where it's just going to be too absurd, do you think? Or do you think if they just kind of stagger it and keep coming up with more ludicrous? No, no, like, no. At what point would you be like, give me a fucking break? Like, are you kidding me? Like so the Fast what and the I, Furious franchise. Yeah. <laughs> what I hope they do is dial it back. Maybe. Or, or, or this is what I this is what I envision. Remember in Kill Bill, Volume One, like just escalates until at the end you have this ridiculous fight with a million people and blood is gushing out, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's almost cartoonish. You know, there's that basically anime girl with her giant mason chain. Yep. Um, and then Volume Two comes out, it's way dialed back. You know, it's low key. There's not so much crazy shit happening. There's a couple of prop type things. But more so, it's about like the story and it's about the memories um, and that kind of thing. If they can pull off something like that, where it's like they don't try and they don't try and notch it or ratchet it up, they just take a different approach to the same the same story. That would that would do me right. That would be interesting if you make it more about maybe reconcile the fact that while John Wick's motivations for coming back into the game were motivated. In a sense, because they killed his dog. But the trail, like the wake of just destruction and bodies that have been left behind as a result of this, mm-hmm. like reconciling, like, was it worth it? Because I don't know if there's really been like innocents that have been killed, like lost their lives in the line of fire, you know, as a result of this conflict. But there's like hundreds of people have died because someone killed John Wick's dog. Yeah, but they're all in the assassin underworld. That's they, what I'm saying. They so all kill really... for money. Yeah. And they're all only in the situation with John Wick that they're in because they're trying to kill him for money. But it would be interesting to for John Wick to maybe reflect on that and be like, I understand they're doing this for money. This is the world that we're in. But how many people have to die so that they can get a payday for killing me? Like at a certain point, does he like give up? Like they're, they're interesting things. <laughs> they're interesting things you could do. And while I agree that that would be the interesting way to go, I think they're just going to keep being batshit crazy. I think they will too. And as long as I'm not bored, I will have a good time. Yes. I don't. I don't think. I don't think they're going to have trouble coming up with new inventive ways for John Wick to kill people. No. There's just too many. In my head, John Wick, or not John Wick, Keanu. Is the one who comes up with all these ideas. He's he's (laughs) He's just so invested in the character. He's like, what if this time? There's a horse. 
and I slap his butt, oh and he kicks the guy in the head. <laughs> and then I do it again, like 40 seconds later, to a different person. <laughs> that was old Keanu, by the way. He's a new persona these days. <laughs> a different persona. Uh, into the top five. Top five. Let's hear it. Well, Tom just gave his Oh, top end five, of the, but, yeah. Right? Hmm? You just gave your top five, right? Or your his five. Number five. Number yeah. five. Okay. My number five is Uncut Gems. Mm. It was destined to be on the list. It was. I would have guessed number one prior to us seeing it, but. Yes. That's where <laughs> I was pre-slotting it. Um, just a intense, fun ride of a movie. Uh, loved the betting in it. Love the uh, the final game and watching how we react to it. Um, lo- yeah, I loved how stressful it was. Uh, loved the music. Love all the performances. Um, Sapchi Brothers are some of my favorite directors working today. New up and coming ones, at least. Um, yeah. Just, uh, I think it's going to be one that I come back to time and time again. It's just a entertaining watch. Mm-hmm. Liked it. Didn't love it. You're yeah. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my number five, Little Women. Got a rewatch uh, with Paris. Paris hadn't seen it. She wanted to see it on her birthday, so saw the rewatch and that. It was already like fringe top 10, but the rewatch just cemented it, pushed her up, <laughs> loved it. I love the fact that it's about the death of childhood. I love all of the performances. Florence, Florence Pugh just fucking cracks me up. There's a scene. This isn't really a spoiler, Tom, but for, for Travis and for the listeners, um, Florence Pugh's character, um, not Beth, not Joe. What the fuck? I just saw it like three days ago. Amy. Amy is her character. Amy gets like disciplined by her teacher. And she's like outside of uh, T. Shal's house. And he's like, there's a girl out there. And he opens the window and he's like, are you hurt? And she's like, I'm Amy. In response to him saying, are you hurt? So good. Cracks me up every time. <laughs> um, it, it made me cry on the second watch. It's just so beautiful. I love the way it's structured. Love the way it looks. I think it's uh, the writing is just, or maybe not so much the writing because it's an adaptation, but the uh, uh, cadence of the performance is just the di- the rapid fire dialogue. It works perfectly. I absolutely love it. It's one that I'm going to watch time and time again. Every year. It's immaculate. <laughs> I can't fault this movie for a single thing. I think it's pretty much perfect. I love it. Little Women, number five. Uh, let's go ahead and read another user submission. Um, what was the last one I read? 1917, right? Yep. <coughs> All right. This next submission comes from Corbin. This is Chelsea's brother. He says, once upon a time in Hollywood. Duh. Duh. End of submission. Duh. Enough said. <laughs> I love that. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> All right, thank you, Corbin, for writing in. We appreciate it. And on to Tom. Let's hear your number four pick. Uh, Parasite. Yeah. What a movie, right? What a Am movie. I right? I'm I'm with you. It didn't stick with me the way it did with some other people, but so inventive. It felt really original. Oh, did, 
I'll just spoil my number four. It's Parasite as well. Let's have the conversation at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Tag team it. Um, <laughs> really, really funny. Uh, yeah, and just sort of like the the quirky chaos of some of the scenes where they're they're just all scrambling to not get caught, and you know they're like hiding under coffee tables and just just ridiculous hijinks. You know, very fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets pretty serious at the end too. Um, and I I think they did a really good job of nailing both the the comedy and the absurdity, as well as like uh, you know the real life impact and the emotional the emotional notes. Yep. It's not all just black and white either. Um, Although they're coming out with a black and white version of Parasite. I heard about that. <laughs> I don't really see. So the technically, point. it is just black. And white. <laughs> I don't really see the point in that, but whatever. I don't know. I feel like it could. The mood <laughs> might. Uh, those, it might add a little bit dark of hallways. A, yeah, just a little. Ugh, just, I'm just thinking about it. And I'm like, yeah, it's gonna make it look gross. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mainly just loved just the the ride. I didn't really know what I was getting into, and just watching everything play out, and just seeing how everything was being set up was just so fun to watch. And just doesn't really feel like we get movies like this very often that are like uh, have like this level of craft are like about like you know big social issues and just um yeah like have twists and turns that you don't really expect and that don't feel like manipulative or corny Mm -hmm. or it's interesting that knives out is the movie that it's express not express it the intent of the film is to be a thriller to constantly surprise you and you know winding back and forth what the fuck's gonna happen and i think parasite is a better version of that without Mm -hmm. even really trying to be you know what i mean yeah it reminds me of like something that like hitchcock would have done Mm -hmm. or like m night when he was killing it back in the day um just like a an elevated like kind of like social thriller um yeah yeah parasite rules oh yeah okay is it my turn yeah. Yep. All right. My number four, her smell. I almost put it even higher. Wow. That's how much I love oh, this thing. Uh, her smell is from Alex Ross Perry, who is most known for his collaboration with Elizabeth Moss. They've done a couple movies together. Now, um, are you a fan of this guy? I've seen a few of his things. Um, uh, he's okay. I haven't loved anything he's done. I've seen Listen Up, Philip. And I started The Queen of Earth and turned it off after about 20 minutes because I just wasn't in the mood. Mm. Um, but her smell, I mean, it's Shakespearean, like both in its structure and in just the character. I mean, it's it's essentially a, a version of Courtney Love. Not that there are that many exact parallels, but it is about a 90s alternative rocker reckless self-destructive <laughs> this movie is hard to watch so there's the reason why it's shakespearean is because there's there's kind of five there's five acts but it's literally five scenes like there are five scenes in the movie and it follows it's pretty long too considering i mean it's a two it's like a two hour and 15 minute movie and it's only five scenes yeah and they're relatively the same in length but you have 
the self-destruction and then you have the redemption without being more specific and it's just heartbreaking i think my favorite scene of the year is the piano scene i won't be more specific than that but i was just like (laughs) i'll never hear that song the same way again because it felt like it was written for that moment, you know, just yeah. listening to the lyrics. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. Alex Ross Perry, you genius. What have you done here? <laughs> uh, Elizabeth Moss, she should have been nominated for an Oscar. She's my one of my favorite performances of the year up there with Banderas and, and Pitt. Um, it's a shame she she didn't get a nomination. Yeah, um, she had a good year because uh, she was great in Us as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's just a filthy, dirty gross movie like just watching it you're just like this is punk as fuck and and just so uncomfy and i absolutely loved it better than rockstar (laughs) the mark Wahlberg. oh i I didn't see it but i'd be willing to bet yeah um everyone see it honestly it could have been i had it at number two for like a day and then i was like "Ah." I, I can't but her smell that's what i'm most excited to rewatch. really fucking good tom i think you would appreciate it yeah um i'm very intrigued very just good. looking up how to watch it canopy hbo get on it oh yeah, really oh, oh. Yeah. well i have hbo i, can do I don't oh, there you go no longer oh, yeah you lost it you're fucked dude no Kirby enthusiasm <laughs> the wrong um time. what's the other thing oh the outsider you haven't even gotten a chance to I watch that yet and i was like halfway through watchmen oh my god my oh, parents hold up. what's the outsider uh, Stephen King adaptation. It looks awesome. It's a the book just came out like two years ago. It's got Jason Bateman and Cynthia Erivo, Ben oh, Mendelsohn. I'm good. sure I'll get HBO get soon. Eventually. You gotta get her. It's good. Outsider's good. I feel like I saw a trailer for The Outsider and I was. Oh, the trailer is very intriguing. Oh, it kills. It's I'm a weird. Intrigued. It's a fucking weird movie. Um, okay, so uh, let me read. I Haley sent me her top ten. Haley being my girlfriend, for those listeners who are unfamiliar. I have one text from Haley that is her top ten, and then I have another text that says Kobe Bryant died. Good looking out, Haley. <laughs> okay. I'm not over it, by the way. I'm still, I don't know, I just feel kind of off off my game. Kobe's dead, you know? It's weird. What's, what's going on? I don't know. Legend. I just don't know. One of the greats. All right, let me read Haley's top 10. So at number 10, she has Ready or Not, which I love that movie. I think it's fantastic. Number nine, Booksmart. Number eight, Marriage Story. Seven, Parasite. Six, Hustlers. Mm. Five, The Farewell. Four, Ad Astra. This is why she's my girlfriend and why I love her. Three, 1917. Two, Knives Out. And number one, Little women loved it loved it <laughs> so thank you Haley, for writing in appreciate it so that is Haley's top 10 and now tom's number three let's hear it uh marty's the irishman oh you did it you did it yeah and you're glad clearly because it came in at number three yeah well, i saw it are you saying i did it i watched it or yeah i, I feel like list? last time we talked you hadn't seen it yet no no, no I, i've seen it when we did our Review of it, I think. Did you? <laughs> oh no, I was. We saw I was it before. Late. It I think it was a week late. You might have talked about the episode after. Yeah. Maybe. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think this movie 
I mean, a lot of people have commented on its tone and kind of like where Martin Scorsese is in his career and, you know, all of the performers in the movie as well. I think it feels special in that way, you know, like it just feels like, I don't know, there's something about it that just makes me think of like Christmas in a weird way. <laughs> well, it's kind of a once in a lifetime It's like a family movie. thing. Yeah. It's like a weird... We, I just get these weird feelings from it. Um, it made me rewatch Goodfellas. So much fun. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, I was just very content to sit with that that movie and let it take it, you know, run its course wherever it was going to go. Um, it is all, it, I, watching Goodfellas made me even enjoy the Irishman more, like looking back on it, just, I like when, uh, when De Niro refuses to sit in the front seat of the car. This is so good. <laughs> just like explicit. He's just like, I'm not sitting there, <laughs> 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 which is something that you never see somebody say in a movie. Like, I'm not going to be the guy who like does the stupid thing. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, I, I don't have a, anything else really to say about it, but, uh, uh, the length is... Didn't have a problem with it. No, no problem with the length. How about the de-aging? <clears throat> oh, just the kicking scene. Just the scene where he kicks little, the guy. It just looks bad. Yeah, yeah that's... A little off-putting. Really it. Like, like that's the only scene, really, that it, mm-hmm. that I noticed. I it. mean, it's weird seeing him with, like, striking blue eyes, but, you know... Only because we have seen De Niro on screen for fucking yes. 50 years at this point that it's like, what? What are you doing here? Blue eyes? Get out of here. Yeah. All right, cool. great movie. Number three. Travis. My number three is Waves. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, I, I just listened to that our episode where we did Waves, yeah. and I was just going off. I know. I was pretty were. drunk, and I was like <laughs> yelling, just screaming in the mic. So, yeah, I tried to make my case for this movie I get a few it. episodes I get back. Uh, <laughs> I just, yeah, I like that it's going for something different. It's swinging for the fences. It's a little rough around the edges, um, but I, yeah, like I said, I like what it's going for. I think it's going for like a mood and an emotion. It's like a, a feeling type movie, right? And I know Matt has his problems with it, and I'm, <laughs> I, I could see why people do have their problems with it, um, just because the camera works a little showy and like I don't know. Maybe you could say it's like somewhat manipulative, but. Um, yeah, I I thought the I wouldn't call it like a a trick, but the way it handles like the first half and the second half that worked for me. Um, I feel like I got a both. I got both of an or I got enough of both stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, like all the performances, quite a bit. The uh, the brother and sister in particular, and Sterling K. Brown, I thought were all amazing. Mainly the. The, the main family, they're all great. And Lucas Hedges is great, too. I mean, he's always great, yeah. but he, he's not doing, you know, it's, it's, it's no not his finest raced. work. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's no Manchester, but. Well, it's, yes, that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I also just love that it's like a soundtrack movie and um, the soundtrack plays a big part in it. Good stuff. Cool. Tom, didn't get a chance to catch up with that? Mm-mm. At some point you do, just because I need you to weigh in, because this is probably the I most know. polarizing 
release that we've covered on the show. <laughs> I'm afraid to watch it because of how much I loved Moonlight. I feel like if this movie, I they're pretty different movies. Are they? No, really? I wouldn't compare. Okay, to, I wouldn't compare it to Moonlight. Outside of them both being in Florida, yeah. Well, and being showy camera work. Yeah, um, a twenty-four African American families music. Yeah, uh, there are similarities, but it, they really don't have outside of the kind of superficial yeah. similarities. Um, they're going for two very different things. Oh. Okay, one is a good movie and one's a bad movie. Fun okay. fact: Treadward Schultz has made three out of my four top ten lists that we've covered on this show. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, Krisha comes in. Yep. Love so it. he is also one of my favorites. <laughs> this is coming. just the the. Uh, the new Rat Pack, Treyward Schultz, yes. the Softies. There's a couple others, Robert Eggers. Yeah. Um. All right. Anything else on uh, Waves? It's great. If you want to hear my thoughts on Waves, emotions. <laughs> listen to the episode if you want to hear my thoughts. I'm not going to open that. We had a good worms. conversation. A good. It was a long conversation debate. too. It gets heated. All right, my number three has come up once before, Marriage Story. To no one's surprise, everyone. What knew. is there to say? Everyone it's my, knew. One it's my number two. <laughs> okay, okay. So yeah. good segue. It's just so fucking good. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. It's well acted. It is emotionally resonant. It is just immaculately crafted. I don't love the score. I don't love the Randy Newman score, but I don't hate it. It's just a little, I don't know, a little cutesy. It just, it's a little bit too, um, Randy Newman has a very, uh, specific lane mm. and his lane is Toy Story. You know what I mean? Like I, anytime I hear stuff, <laughs> you better that he's be careful. Composed, There's some hardcore Randy Newman fans out there. There are. And I love Randy Newman. Just, <laughs> I don't know tonally, tonally. I don't know if it necessarily matches with the film, but. Uh, Adam Driver, incredible performance. His singing moment at the end of the movie is one of the highlights of the year oh, yeah. for me. It's really, really good. Oh, yeah. Best uh, Stephen Sondheim musical moments of 2019. Yeah. Because there's a couple of them. Definitely not fucking Joker. He's the John Denver of 2019. <laughs> yeah. That's, see, we if we had the foresight, we would have come up with the John Denver Award. Yes. But maybe next year. Got a coin. The honorary John Denver Award. <laughs> I'm sure someone else has already coined it, but um, yeah, Mayor Story. It's fantastic. Again, listen to the episode if you want to hear more of our specific thoughts. But the knife scene. What a banger! <laughs> oh yeah, when when uh, uh, in the kitchen when uh, uh, Scarjo's sister is going to deliver the, yeah. the papers, oh, yes. to, and she just—it's so awkward and hilarious, and it's just incredible movie. It made me cry. It made me laugh. Probably my favorite Noah Baumbach film. Love it. Yeah, it's up definitely up there with Squid and the Whale. Those are the those are the two fighting. Those for are the two. It. I love Mistress America too, but I probably need to rewatch it. Overrated. You're overrated. <laughs> All right, and that was also your number two, Tom. So, mm-hmm. anything else you want to say? Um, no. Okay. Well, before Travis reads his number two, I'm going to read another user submission. This one comes from Kyle. Thanks for writing in, Kyle. Our boy. So he sent us he sent us a top ten and included a blurb about his number one, so I'll read that. But starting with number ten, 
dragged across concrete. Hell yeah. Nine, Little Women. Eight, The Irishman. Seven, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Six, Uncut Gems. Five, High Life. Four, Marriage Story. Three, Birds of Passage. Which was on my radar, but I didn't get a chance to watch it. Did you? Did you, Travis? No. I th- think it's on HBO. I think so, yeah. I just didn't... Eh, I didn't cram it in. Yeah. I'm curious after hearing it that high up on his list. Yeah. But birds of Passage. I don't I'll, even I'll really know what it's them. about. Uh, it's about birds kind of squeezing their way through a mountain pass. Uh, <laughs> two hours? <laughs> yeah, for two hours. It's harrowing. Very harrowing. Uh, number two is Parasite. And number one... The Lighthouse, and I'll just read what he sent us. He said, The Lighthouse was my favorite film of the year because of how unique it was. One thing that always stands out in a film to me is how interesting it is. By that, I mean the movie can be mediocre technically, but if it's doing something interesting, I'm always more engaged. Fortunately, The Lighthouse is both technically amazing and extremely interesting. There's so many interpretations you can have, and not many are wrong. Well, I could easily come up with some interpretations that are wrong. Like, Robert Pattinson is actually playing his Batman character. That's a wrong interpretation, but (laughs) (laughs) I have it. Um, The aspect ratio actually serves a purpose here, unlike Waves... Did he really say that? No, I'm, a, oh, like, I'm editorializing. <laughs> Fucking got no, him. No, no, there is a purpose. Kyle got him. There is a purpose. <laughs> no, I'm editorializing. He did not say that. Um, the aspect ratio changes actually serve a purpose. Unlike other films, hope hopping on the Academy ratio bandwagon. The black and white isn't a gimmick. Both actors give amazing performances, and the cinematography is great. Is I'll be about the Nightingale rewatching. <laughs> I'll be rewatching this film for years to come. And he also included a side note, which I will not read on the podcast. But I just want to let you know, Kyle, that we very, very much appreciate you listening and um, what you read. Uh, I'm not gonna say it brought me to tears, but it, you know. It was, it's nice to hear that kind of feedback. Tom, you haven't read it yet, but we'll show it to you after we record. Very nice message that Kyle sent us. So okay. We appreciate and you, Kyle. he has listened to every episode. Yeah, so or so he says. If you're one of those people who haven't, do get it. on Kyle's do level. Get on Kyle's level. <laughs> yeah, Kyle indicated that he is all caught up. So Actually, to be fair, some of our early episodes might be kind of trash just because of the quality of them <laughs> i haven't gone back and listened to them i think they were okay i mean audio wise not like yeah that's what i'm talking about i don't uh, think there were there was some like echoey could be stuff. better <laughs> well yeah we've come a long way travis yes anyway thank you for writing in kyle we appreciate it cheers kyle all right tom you're number two number one. Oh wait oh no so wait so now it's travis travis number is number two, two. Because he did... My number three was Marriage Story into his... Right. My number two is Bob A. Ked's Marriage Story. You re- Lighthouse is really your the number lighthouse two? Lighthouse is number two. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> uh, wow, really? Yeah, based, Did you rewatch it? No. Nope. I don't remember you liking it. Just sitting there. Number two? Nothing's like, been able to topple it. Shit. What'd you love so much about The Lighthouse? Everything. Yeah. I mean, I think Kyle said it pretty well that there's a lot of interpretations that you could take from it and they're not all wrong. Kyle clearly has a favorite host and it's Travis because his <laughs> list is fucking uncut gems, <laughs> marriage story, once upon a time in Hollywood. Like there's a lot of crossover. Across concrete. Yeah. That's, 
he knows what's up. It's yeah. You guys are on the same wavelength, uh, I guess. We we saw the light. I mean, that's just what it came down to. Love that moment, by the way. I like it. Somewhat of a spoiler, I guess, but it's a little much. But uh, just yeah. I wish it would have just ended there. That would have been kind of. Crazy. It would have been way better if it, <laughs> if it just ends. Like honestly, if it just ended with him screaming, and his like. His face wasn't melting, but that would have been a way better ending. No, I Not don't that the ending was horrible, but that would have been so cool if it ended like that. That would have been kind that's of cool. more. That's like my. That's like my vibe. I was like, <laughs> end it here, and then it didn't. So, one star deduction. Um, anyways, yeah, love the two performances. It's a travesty. At least Willem was not nominated. Um, yeah, what the fuck? I think it's expertly crafted impeccably crafted mm-hmm. love the look of it mm-hmm. um, without peck <laughs> <laughs> uh also really excited to rewatch this one um just knowing everything now um yeah i don't know it just kind of stuck with me um but yeah i just love the 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 two leads like just hanging out with them and watching their descent into madness and um yeah, I think uh, Robert Eggers is is my guy at least mm. when it comes to the uh, the new king of horror. <laughs> Even though this isn't necessarily a full on horror movie, I prefer him over Ari Aster. Yeah, I'm surprised uh, Midsummer didn't make your didn't make. Your one, list. I only gave it four stars. Gave it three and a half on rewatch. Oh really? Yes. I thought, okay. I see. I didn't know that. I thought you. Mm. You might be getting me mixed up with Tyler because mm. Tyler loved it. Did he? When he first okay. saw it. Well, I'm glad. Well, I mean, I guess we still have to hear from Tom, but I'm glad so far there's no Midsummer <laughs> representation on the list. Um, okay, is it my turn? Yeah. Yeah. My number two. Marty Scorsese's The Irishman. Mm-hmm. Just loved it. All three and a half hours. I made this comment when we reviewed it, but Irishman feels like two and a half hours and Midsummer feels like three and a half hours. <laughs> like, it's just so good. I was captivated the whole way through. It has those classic, like, gangster touches from previous films that Scorsese has done, but it's just so much more insightful and this movie just lingers after you watch it like i just i haven't been able to stop thinking about that scene where de niro has to make the call to hoffa's Mm. wife Mm -hmm. like a day late two days late something like that and he finally makes it and he's just like stuttering and tripping over his words and it's just like hard to watch and you're just like wow this is next level shit and just coming to terms with a life, a long life, looking back on what you've done and what it was worth. I mean, at the end of the movie, without spoiling too much, like he's alone. Like there, he has nobody, and it's like you reflect on your life, and you're like, "Did I make the right choices?" And I think the movie is a lot more introspective than anything we've seen Scorsese do, um, except for maybe Silence. I think Silence is is a, an introspective movie, but going for a very different vibe. It's very um, grounded. It's not. It doesn't. It's not glamorous in the way some of the other gangster movies are. Not to the same extent. No. I mean, there's some kind of flashy moments, like the the slow motion scene where there's like the the shooting in the crowd, where the guy pulls his gun, and it's like 
ultra slow motion and the mm-hmm. bodies just mm-hmm. piling on each other is incredibly impressive. And uh, just seeing all of these artists being reunited again. I mean, Scorsese at the helm. You have Pacino, Pesci, De Niro, Keitel. Ray Romano was awesome as the lawyer. Like, just seeing all these people together, again, it just feels monumental. Like, I, I don't know if we'll ever have something like this again. I mean actors just of this caliber give the safties like 30 40 years and, and then no. we're gonna have sandman <laughs> robert pattinson like, yeah. they don't have the same level i mean scorsese has made fucking like 10 movies with nero he's made like five movies yeah. with pesci like there's history there this spans decades and it's just it's remarkable i i think the irishman is probably martin scorsese's best movie besides taxi driver he peaked early, and then his career, you know, and then now he's back up again. So we'll see what happens. But so the Irishman, your second favorite, Scorsese after Taxi Driver, yeah, yeah, it's it's up there. Probably. I like it more than Goodfellas. I think there's more. There's just more here than Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd probably watch Goodfellas. More. Goodfellas is iconic, but give it give yeah. it ten years. The Irishman is going to be yeah, going to be huge. Well, spoilers. It's not on my list, but it was very close. I can't believe that. It's a boring pick. I can't believe that. <laughs> get, um, it, get it out. All right. Number one. Tom, Let's do it. You're number Tom, one. what is it? I'm s- because I'm figured out? I don't know, because you've already given the the ones I would have thought would have oh, been the heavy one. I know what it is. Uncut Gems, dog. Oh, duh. <laughs> you didn't say it. <laughs> Who would have thought Tom would be the one to give Uncut Gems the number one spot? Well, he only saw everyone had you pegged. <laughs> I don't think it's a natural fit. You know, no, I feel I like there's so just <clears throat> it there's is a movie that didn't. There's come basketball out. involved. <laughs> there's a movie that didn't come out this year that um, if it had, it would have been number one. I would have thought Marriage Story would have or Parasite would have been your number one. Mm-hmm. Probably Marriage Story. Yeah, yeah it, I had it, you it pegged. Was, it was at number one for a long time. I had you pegged. I, I made story. a I made a game time game time move nice um i mainly put uncut gems at number one because of the rock um, the opal the opal <laughs> yeah it's basically just the opal because of the opal it's number one okay yeah can't be can't be lower <laughs> right <laughs> the opal has power it does know, there's something there it has power over you and your list uh, I was actually just listening to a basketball, like an NBA podcast that, that I listened to, and um, someone quoted a basketball player, Drew Holiday, who plays for the Pelicans, who I guess in some post-game energy or uh, interview, he said something about how the basketball has energy, and I was I was really vibing with that, and I was like, you damn right, it has energy, <laughs> just like that opal. It's something I don't know. The stars were aligning on that. Uh, I think that's what they were going for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I just I thought the most about this movie. I um I really liked it when I was in theaters, but it was mainly just me pondering it afterward that puts it at number one. Cool. Yeah, interesting. Great flick. That be- that b ball bump. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, b ball bump. <laughs> Didn't work for high flying birds. Uh, All right, no as a surprise here. to no one, Travis. <laughs> let's hear it. Number one. 
got my Tarantino glasses. Yeah. On. yeah. <laughs> were, you, were you there for that time? He was not. Mm. Oh, man. You missed out. Tarantino eyes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Rose-colored glasses. It won't play visually, but... No, it's it's a thing. We'll tell you later. I'm surprised we didn't already Anyways, uh, this was cemented as my number one. From I, the moment you saw it yes. or from even before? No, not... I had to see it first, but <laughs> definitely. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't pre-watch it in the five, but might as well have. Was definitely anticipating it, though. Um, it was high up on the, the list. You were itching. Going into the year. Just a great, fun watch, you know? It's very entertaining. Um, I don't get tired or bored watching it. Um, love the two lead performances. I love cinema. I love L.A. I love movies. I love Margot Robbie. <laughs> you love L.A.? Yeah, L.A. Maybe rules. that's why this movie didn't resonate <laughs> with me, because I'm from L.A., and I think L.A. is a garbage city. When you visit L.A., it's great. I've no, you know it's there, not. I had... I've blast. never been there, but when you visit, no, no. it's great. I've I've visited a few times and I've had a blast. LA sucks. Time. I love it. It's a dumpster town. I've never been to New York, but I romanticize New York City. So do I. LA <laughs> sucks, dude. I hate LA. Seattle sucks. All right, if you want to get real, Seattle sucks. Seattle's great. <laughs> Best city on earth. Um, yeah, I just I love that it's like a homage to, well basically to stuff that tarantino loves but uh i love that stuff too i guess maybe not the the tv stuff that he was into but i still enjoyed that aspect of it did you hear brad pitt's um speech at the sag awards when he won for best supporting Mm -hmm. he made a joke about how tarantino has separated more women from their shoes than the tsa which is pretty funny (laughs) that's a good joke (laughs) but after i heard it i was like Damn, there are a lot of barefoot women in his movies. Yeah. Well, that's his thing. Homeboy's got a foot fetish. Yeah. He must. He like, does. No, I, that's the thing. Does he really? Yeah. See, I'd never heard this before. Uma Thurman, where she's trying to get I know. her little piggies to roll oh, or whatever. Plus, when she's barefoot for uh, Pulp Fiction, when they do the dance, they slip, yeah. their, mm-hmm. they slip their shoes off. Huh. Lots of feet in his movies. That's how he gets inspired. He just like Women's jerks feet? off on feet, and he's like, oh, I need inspiration. <laughs> What can I do with these feet next? (laughs) Uh, Love the ending. The the last 20 or 30 minutes. Very exciting. Didn't really see it coming. Love the, uh, how he recontextualizes history. Um, Yeah, I don't want to spoil it per se, but we had a very lengthy discussion on this movie. So if you want to hear more thoughts on it, go back and listen to the longest episode we have ever done. Yes. Lots of arguments were had. Mm-hmm. Lots of beers were drank. You were the outlier. You're the only one at the table who loved it. <laughs> Love it. Can't yeah. wait to rewatch it. Can't wait for the five-hour cut, the four-hour cut, the TV series, whatever they're going to do with it. I'm on board. Hell yeah. Cool. Tarantino's back, baby. He's done doing that boring-ass Western shit. <laughs> no way, dude. Hateful Eight is way better than No way, dude. <laughs> Honestly, once upon a time in Hollywood, I'm I'm coming around on it. I'm dying for a rewatch. Do, Do you it. have it yet? Did you buy it? Yet? I got it for Christmas, 4K. Digital code? I'll put the code on. <laughs> put it on for there you. for me. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna buy it, but I'm I'm hankering for a rewatch. Fair enough. All right. Also, coming as a surprise to nobody, I'm sure. My number one film of the year. Dad Ash. It's 
Ad Astra, <laughs> aka Dad Astra, <laughs> aka Brad Astra, aka Sad Astra. Oh my god! <laughs> Just God, what a what a film. Rewatched it. Haley bought me the 4K for my birthday. It's just, oh God, <laughs> so good. It's gonna be in best of the decade conversations for me. It is it's nominated for Cream Dream, right? It is. Oh yeah, it is. That moon sequence is just as good on a rewatch. The gold, not visors. as good as Fury Road, though. Anything. In Fury eh, this Road. movie is not trying to be Fury Road. I know, but when people say it's that Fury that Road is. Fury wrote, it's like, no, 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 no. Get out of here. <laughs> People say that? reminiscent. Yeah, because it's like, you know, the it's a vehicle it's chase. A cool little and, chase. But. Desert-esque. No <laughs> it, that movie, those sequences are tense as fuck. Like, even from the opening moments when the space station collapse happens, it's just like chaos he's spinning and you're just like it's so disorienting and tense and the moon sequence and what i love about the movie is that as it moves on it just gets more and more introspective less about space um similar to high life if you actually try and like analyze it on a scientific level as far as like how it adheres to like science um one thing i noticed on a rewatch that i didn't notice the first time they're showing like old pictures of Tommy Lee Jones. And one of the pictures is a black and white picture. But this is in the future. So there wouldn't be a black and white picture of Tommy Lee Jones. Like he's not 150 years old. Like you he's can pretty take old. black and white pictures of people today, Matt. Do you know that? But it's clearly like he's where he looks like he came off a fucking farm out of the dust bowl kind of shit. Like <coughs> he's old. <laughs> I mean, he's a little kid, but it's like old black and white it's not like but instagram you, filter black and you white. age differently in space no i think <laughs> it <true>. was <laughs> no I just rewatched watched interstellar <laughs> i think it was an oversight like i don't think they thought about that yeah, there, aspect of it there are no oversights like that there are black and white pictures of tommy lee jones oh, no. now but this, this movie is set, this movie ran out of money this movie is set <laughs> at least 30 minutes in the future um and the ending the very ending like the return journey i don't love seems a little convenient you but, call that a journey <laughs> yeah it's like two seconds but um emotionally like i i had this movie brought me to tears i think brad pitt gives my favorite performance of the year best of his career in once upon a time in hollywood no in Ad Astra. <laughs> just just killer just brad pitt what a guy i love him and um yeah love sci-fi i love space movies love plan b who would have thought what plan b Plan oh, B Entertainment. Company. Yeah. I thought you were just like, Blood Plan B. Just <laughs> shout out to Plan B. <laughs> Our sponsor this week is Plan B Emergency Contraceptive. <laughs> um, so Ad Astra, that's my number one. Congrats. All right. Well, before we move into our awards ceremony, I have a couple other submissions that I'm going to Oh, I got read. one that was texted to me. So uh, let, me, let me read Paris's uh, top ten. Okay. And then you can you can continue. So Paris sent me a screenshot of her top ten list. Uh, her number ten, Shazam. Interesting. What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> number nine, The Art of Self Defense. Eight, Spider Man: Far From Home. Seven, Good Boys. Six, American Woman. Wow. Which I wanted to see. Did, did you see that? I saw it. I, I, you were like, oh, it, it's solid. Yeah. I didn't see it. Is that that one Spanish director? 
No, it's like a missing person type thriller drama. Sebastian Lelo, is that the one you were going for? Instead of Fantastic Woman, of- it's American Woman? Yeah. Is that what you were going for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, number five, Knives Out. Number four, Parasite. Number three, Midsummer. Did that make any of our lists? I did not. Did. Honestly, I am so thankful and happy that you didn't cram Joker onto your list. I was convinced you were going to find a way to put Joker no on your list. Uh, number two, Marriage Story. And number one, Book Fart. Love Great. Him. Great. Thanks for writing in, Paris. I'm sure we'll have you on the show in the coming months. Interesting list, Paris. Right? Yeah. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. <laughs> Personal. Uh, so sure. who uh, who's the write-in? Is it Tyler? My bro. Yep. So his favorite film of, he said 2020. But I'm curious. He meant 2019. He meant yeah. <laughs> Parasite. Okay. Yeah. And this is why. He said, all I really want to say about it is go in as cold as possible and let your mind be blown. The film will run you through the gamut of emotions until a gut punch of a conclusion I love this film, and I can't wait to watch it again. Beautifully said. Hell yeah. I'm glad someone on this podcast gave it a number one spot so we oh. can, you know, conform with the rest of the world, mm-hmm. having Parasite. I called it the movie of the year, the not top. my movie of the year, but that confused Haley. I still think it is the movie Haley of the year. Haley read that you said that, and she was like, wait, what do you mean? <laughs> not It's not his number one? I was like, no, he means the movie, not his movie. And she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Travis. I'm Corey Haley there. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So thanks, Tyler, for writing in. We love you, man. And let's see. How many more submissions we got here? Um, who is this from? Oh, I can't read this whole thing, but this comes from Dustin, mm. which he goes by Dusty, right? Yeah. We had him on the show. This is the producer and cinematographer. He's a jack of all uh, trades. Flesh and blood. He's an editor. He's the lifeblood. He's of... everything. <laughs> uh, he work. He collaborates with filmmaker Mark Weber. Weber. I was gonna say Webb. I was like, <laughs> no, no, not Mark Webb. Mark Weber. Uh, we interviewed him on the show a couple years ago. People should know who Mark Weber is. He's been in enough stuff. He's yeah, also yeah. he's an actor. He's a he's a that guy actor. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that guy. He's in Green Room. He's oh yeah, in, uh, Scott Pilgrim. He was the boyfriend. Don't worry, he won't get far on foot. Oh yeah. yeah. He's pretty young in... In Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Yeah. He's a that guy. Classic that guy. Yes. Um, but very talented. And uh, Dusty is your girlfriend's uncle. Yep. So he wrote in... Uh, I can't read this whole thing. He wrote us... He wrote in a lot. Um, essentially a... Top five. Top five. I'm going to read all of the movies he submitted, and then I'm going to pick one of them to read just because i don't i'll have to figure out which one i don't think he explicitly picked a favorite but his favorite movies documentaries one child nation and they shall not grow old Um, that might be technically 2018 but they shall not grow old yeah Yeah, technically but it had uh, a weird release yeah it it had a theatrical (laughs) release in early january but had a small run at the end of 2000 well, I think it was all just like a fathom event. Like it wasn't even like a yeah. legit release. I don't recall at this point, but yeah, yeah. something like that. I saw it in 2018. Uh, One Child Nation, also my favorite doc of the year. So solid pick there. And the films he picked. Oh, wait, there's another doc he crammed in here. Tell me who I am. 
which we'll be covering oh, uh, yeah. in our award ceremony coming up shortly. Uh, 1917 and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood were the two fiction that he submitted. I think Let's just, hear what he says about Once Upon a Time. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> his number one, just based on... Uh, well, here, I'll read it. So he said, I loved this, all caps, like five exclamation points. It reminded me of why I fell in love with filmmaking years ago. And films like this are disappearing fast in today's theatrical landscape. So I'm particularly in love with it. I may just go on a limb here and say it is Tarantino's best film. As though all his years of filmmaking culminated into a sort of masterpiece, both in script and direction. It's also the first time I've gotten lost in a Leonardo DiCaprio performance (laughs) since What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Sorry, Dusty, but have you seen The Wolf of Wall Street? I mean, come on. That's peak, peak That's Leo. A sick callback, though. To peak Leo. What's eating Gilbert? <laughs> <laughs> um, this was not just Leonardo's best work. It was a brilliant performance filled with nuance, subtext, and complex- complexity. I've been trying to carve out time to see this at least two more times just to study his directing and storytelling choices. Movies that likely would have made my list that I'm still trying to catch in the theater. The Lighthouse, Uncut Gems, and Parasite. Actually, I got an update. He sent me another text and said, also, Uncut Gems, definitely at the top of my list of movies, not just for 2019, whatever that means. Whoa. Who who sent this? Tyler? Dusty. Dusty. Oh, Dusty. Okay. Wow. Not just 2019, huh? Nope. Love it. Number one. Loved it. Number one. Just, just wait, Matt. Just wait. Ten Anything is possible. <laughs> I think I'm going to come. <laughs> uh, all right. We have one final submission, and this comes from Chelsea. The May Queen. <laughs> the May Queen. <laughs> uh, hello, my favorite cinephiles. Thanks for another great year of entertaining and hilarious content that I look forward to every other week. And I'm not just saying that because Travis is my boyfriend. (laughs) Anyway, choosing a number one was really tough for me this year. And not because there were so many winners for me to choose from. It was actually the opposite. There wasn't one film that really stood out and blew me away. Jesus. (laughs) With that being said, I think the movie that impacted me the most was Marriage Story. Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson had the best performances of the year. (laughs) I could feel the emotion, conflict, and pain through the screen. I also have to mention Laura Dern and how she killed it as the bitchy and extremely convincing divorce lawyer. The story also hit home for me as I, too, went through a divorce with my parents, but at an older age. It perfectly portrays all the gut-wrenching nooks and crannies that make up a divorce. The one scene I remember so vividly and keep going back to is when they were fighting in his new apartment and Adam Driver started crying. Me too, Chelsea. Me too. Combination of aggression, anger, frustration, and deep sadness he portrayed felt so real and so convincing. One thing I did not like was ScarJo's hair. Sorry, not a fan of it short on her. It's gotta go. Damn. Overall, really loved Mary's story and highly recommend it to anyone who hasn't given it a watch. It's touching, surreal, slightly comedic, and a real tearjerker. I don't cry at movies very often, but this one definitely made me tear up multiple times. So you know, it's got to be good. My little critic. Thank you, Chelsea. <laughs> Mary's story, solid pick. Love that one. All right. So that is going to do it for the top 10 of the year. Those are the submissions. Anything else you guys want to throw out here before we uh, start giving out our awards? 
Are we doing honorable mentions? No. Yeah, I guess we can. Did you make a list, Tom? Do you have like... I have down to number 15. I'm going to do my 11 through 20. I there got, is some real good stuff I here. got down to 132. You saw 132? Wanna... Jesus no. Christ. <laughs> I saw 93. Um, all right. I'm just going to read my 11 through 20. Loose, the Kelvin Harrison oh, Jr. performance of the year. I thought it was going to make it. I thought it was, too. I, I swapped it out no for way, peanut butter. No way. He's way better. No, anyways. he's not. No way, dude. He's so much better in Loose. So much better. Mm, no, no, no. I would say he has, maybe has a more interesting performance in Loose, but better performance. No, no, ways. still no. Yes. Don't agree. Don't <laughs> agree. Number 12, Diane Paddleton. Made me cry like a baby. I love Paddleton. Wild Rose. John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. Booksmart. Avengers Endgame. One Child Nation. Toy Story 4. And Official Secrets. Those are my honorable mentions. That's your 11 through 20? Yeah. Uh, also, a shout out to Under the Silver Lake. Oh, yeah. Didn't quite crack the top 20, but I love that movie. All right. I'll go from uh, 20 to 11 real quick. Mm. Spider-Man Far From Home. Mm. Ad Astra. Mm-hmm. Fire. At 19? Coming in at yep. 19? Yep. Jesus. You're a movie fun. no one's heard of and no one is talking about. Firecrackers. It's a uh, indie uh, coming-of-age drama surprised you didn't try and cram it just to, i tried for it to be a cool guy pick i tried <laughs> <laughs> tried as hard as i could i rewatched it to try and get it up there but <laughs> just couldn't quite get it uh 1917 us the nightingale toy story 4 knives out the irishman and another one that no one is talking about that just barely missed my list is dark waters the todd haynes masterpiece i really wish <laughs> i wish i had made the time to see him it's great it's, it's a bummer. Uh, very topical it's uh beautifully shot mark ruffalo is a revelation it'll, it'll make you angry make you feel kind of dumb that you don't didn't know that this has existed <laughs> previously but yeah it's great cool cool uh 11 Avengers Endgame, mm-hmm. 12, Ad Astra, mm. 13, Joker, Boo. 14, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, mm-hmm. 15, Midsommar, Boo. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are those your, do you have more? Or is that your animal mentions list? No, I only, I only made it out to 15. All right. You guys ready to give out some awards? We so. technically don't know who wins these categories. We just kind of came up with the nominees on the fly. But we are going to be giving out some awards. We don't have a name, a fancy name for them. The Cinephiles Digest Awards. I don't know. Maybe we'll some. Maybe sometime we'll come up with some clever. But if for only now, our initials work better. The Cinephiles. We do like the SAG Awards, but they could be <laughs> something you know cool. But they'd be the. We'll get there. But for now, at least we have cool names for the categories. So the first category is the Literal Roller Coaster Award. This is the movie that was um, had the most ups and downs, just a crazy experience. Never know where it was going. A thrill ride, if you will. Is Parasite nominated? No. Why don't I feel like it should that? be. I have no fucking clue, dude. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add it to the list this was coined during our dunkirk episode 
Yeah, and I, I made fun of Travis. A literal roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> so the nominees for the literal roller coaster award are Waves, Us, Ready or Not, and Parasite. I gotta go Parasite. I feel like we literally just added it to the category, but I gotta go Parasite too. Water roller coaster. Oh yeah, three votes for Parasite. Parasite. And the winner of the Literal Roller Coaster Award, Parasite. Just snuck right in there, stole the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Next award. This is the Hot Dog Garbage Award. This is the worst film of the year. Just straight hot dog garbage. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Nominees are The Beach Bum, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Velvet Buzzsaw and Serenity. Cast your votes. Oh, those are pretty terrible. I vote for Captain Marvel. <laughs> Dude, they're way worse. The Captain Marvel is not that bad. Okay, Velvet Buzzsaw. Uh, that's probably going to be the consensus one. Although I am slightly curious to rewatch that. See if I missed anything. <laughs> I'm going. So I guess you'll be the tiebreaker here, Travis. I'm going extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. I don't know. That movie wasn't like the worst of the year, but it yeah. was like it was pretty bad. Horrid. My worst is probably Brightburn, but it. You guys didn't see it. I didn't so. see it. Yeah, I can't wait. Or the fanatic, which is also pretty terrible. I think I'm gonna love that movie. Just no look way. at Jake Gyllenhaal's face here. Just, mm, God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So the tiebreaker is Velvet Buzzsaw or uh, Zac Efron? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, hmm. I got to go Zac Efron because I'm more likely to watch Velvet. Velvet. <laughs> Belvedere <laughs> Buzzsaw. Yes, me too. I also. Yes. I don't know why I'm curious, but I am. Because it's Gilroy. Don't get me wrong. Jackie G. <laughs> it's a turd. Velvet Buzzsaw is a horrible movie. But All right. The Hot Dog Garbage Award goes to Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Next up is the Cream Dream Supreme Award. This is the most visually stunning film of the year. The nominees are Ad Astra, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 1917, the Lighthouse and the Last Black Man in San Francisco. Hmm. I could make a case for all of those. That's why they're <laughs> on here. Uh, I, my vote is going to be cast to Ad Astra. Hoyt Van Hoytima, the Space King. Hmm. Numero uno. I would say the Lighthouse, probably. Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Tom, you don't have to be a tiebreaker. You can pick your favorite, and then we'll talk about it. Read them off to me one more time. Ad Astra. Or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. 1917, The Lighthouse, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. I think it's... uh... Could also make a case for 1917. That was pretty... Spectacular. Yeah, it's good. Though. I think it's 1917 for me. Mm, really? Right. Hmm. Travis, do you I agree? Don't or you I don't going... have a. I just think if there's one thing that that movie does well, it's the visuals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's like there's some pretty impressive set pieces. 
Uh, the camera tracks along that little muddy pond. With yeah, a crow it's pretty on the cool. Body. Yeah, it's it's the plane cool. crash. Oh yeah, I thought the plane crash was gonna be cooler. Well, it was pretty cool. It was alright. I think the the biggest bummer of all is that um, that final scene running didn't need to happen. Could just run through the trench after everybody ran. No, yeah, they the made a thing. point to why he couldn't. Well, yeah, he's like, you gotta wait until everybody comes out of the trench. He he's like, like I can't seconds. wait. And then while he's running, everybody comes out of the trench. He's like, you could have waited, bro. You could have waited. Yeah, <laughs> two seconds. You already missed the first wave anyway. Yeah, you missed, wave, he misses it anyway. Um, all right. Spoilers. 1917, <laughs> I guess. I don't agree with it, but um, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Let's do, let's go with the 1917 consensus. All right. Next category. Sorry, Brad Astor can't win everything. <laughs> I love it. It should. I will die on that hill. All right. Diddler Doc of the Year. Oh, yeah. This one's huge. New category. <laughs> New to this year. This is the best pedophile documentary of the year. The Diddler Can Doc. we describe it in a different way? No. So it's no. best? Yes. <laughs> no, it's just called Diddler Doc of the Year. Yeah, De- Diddler Doc of the Year. Yeah, not necessarily the best one. But which one is the the most diddly. diddler diddly? <laughs> no, that's not the criteria. <laughs> um, all right. Well, here are the nominees. There's most. It's got to be like the most shocking. I think. Like where you're just like, whoa. Yeah, there's just like, whoa. That's some diddling. If I've ever seen it, right? <laughs> yes. I don't like it. I don't know. I don't like it. Okay. Well, here are the nominees. So we have finding. We're gonna ne- know it when we see it. Just we have finding Neverland. Yeah. Didn't see abducted it. in plain sight, and tell me who I am. Abduction Plain Sight is the winner. I don't think it is. Dude, that movie. The winner is Finding places. Neverland. It does, but I think Finding Neverland is the winner. Did too. you watch it? I watched most of the first part. Mm. So Would I you call it, it a film? <clears throat> yeah. It's two parts, right? Yeah. Not a film. It's a film. <laughs> Whatever. But we're not. it doesn't have to be a film. This is a documentary. You can have a t- television documentary. We're not specifying. It's not best diddler we film are of the film year. film podcast. Stop. Just saying. I'm going Finding Neverland. I mean, to hear him talk about Michael Jackson just I like haven't spreading seen the butt oh cheeks and just staring at his butthole, his little boy butthole. <laughs> it's hard to Is listen that... to. That's the thing. Yeah, literally. That was his thing. Michael Jackson's thing was looking at little boy's buttholes. Travis is losing it over here because he, he I understands. I can't tell if you're serious. No, that's the thing. That was his thing. <laughs> and now he knows that's it's got to be the diddler doc of the year <laughs> it's certainly the most diddler of the year i mean it's a four-hour documentary it's just it's like to hear the people actually say this crazy stuff about uh michael jackson it's just too monumental you know it's you yeah i mean i mean we're kind of are we in the right to name a category diddler doc? No. Probably not, but... Definitely not. <laughs> are we kind of making light of these situations? Yeah, but we recognize child trauma, abuse is horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. But saying diddler doc is just too fun to pass up, so... And I these are all agree. good documentaries. But it's a trend Okay, of the so year. I don't want to... trend of the year. acknowledged. Yes. Whether or not they should be named that. Well, this is the inaugural award. We're going to have... Oh, just wait. We're going to have five nominees next year. Who, yeah, we're just... <laughs> I think we might have to broaden it. It's You know, there's going to be a ton of, uh, you know, like... Sub- Sub-Diddler category. Yeah, we'll have to open it up. But then it just feels gross if it's just not... Yeah. The fact that it's kids just makes it fun, you know? Stop. 
Uh, I still would say abducted in plain sight, but I haven't seen Finding Neverland just because the amount just of that one moment. No, but all the brainwashing that goes on in that, like it is insane. It is, yeah. And a fact, the fact that a family or parts of the family believe that shit is mind blowing. I know the Michael Jackson stuff is probably mind blowing as well, and is maybe like a little more important or like on a higher scale like you know more relevant i guess as like it's more relevant culturally like it's about power it's about celebrity but just watching the story unfold of of, abduction plain sight it was blowing my mind in the worst way possible yeah sarah i didn't even watch it sarah just described it to me she just told me what happened and i was it's insane. It's like it's so strange. It's so hard to believe, but it actually happened, and that's yeah. that's why it gets my vote. <laughs> all right, mom. We all knew Michael Jackson was a diddler. Some people still deny it, even after seeing the documentary. <laughs> still think they're liars. Tons Jesus of people. Christ. Like I would say, it's probably fifty-fifty, if not more. People deny. Yeah, people, I mean, some radio stations stopped playing Michael Jackson, but most of them, when I was in Florida, when I was in Florida, I heard Michael Jackson all the time. Walmart, on the radio, in the car, GameStop was playing Michael Jackson. Reruns of the Cosby Show. can't get over it. (laughs) Yeah, just in between, (laughs) yeah. Um, And R. Kelly. So is it... Is it Finding Neverland? I guess that's technically another Diddler doc. Surviving R. Kelly came out. Yeah, this year. but that's, oh, I never like, that's a legit series. And none of us saw it either. Yeah, that is also a legit series. I think Sarah watched that too, and it, I, I heard that one was equally crazy. Like, mm. actually more shocking and horrifying, like, what happened, what he was doing. Just as Well, yeah, there's like a whole Chappelle show skit about it. He doesn't it. have the profile of uh, MJ. Mickey J. All right. All right. So are we giving it to Finding Neverland? I think it's got to be Finding Neverland. All right. You agree, Tom, or yep. do you want to give it to... No, that was my vote. All right. All right. We have four awards left, and they are uh, kind of pairing with one another. We have the Shower and the Grower Awards. The Shower... They go together. They go together. <laughs> so the Shower category... Either one or the other. The showers, they are movies that on a surface level look really good. And you're like, wow, this is cool. And then you kind of sit with it, kind of take it. And you're like, ah, no, this is this is nothing. On the uh, Up front, you're good. But I just eat you. And I'm like, mm. it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. The showers do. Am I right? Categories. Not categories. Nominees are Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, Joker, Midsummer, Captain Marvel, and The King. My vote goes to Joker for sure. Talk about movies that left a bad taste in my mouth. Hmm. But up front looked like they might be. This movie is all aesthetics. Mm-hmm. So, and performance. It's Joker for me. Very showy performance. Mm-hmm. The most performance of the year. Um. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I don't love the nominees, even though we came up with them. (laughs) I have a feeling it's going to be Star Wars, but I won't know it until I see it again. What was after Star Wars? Joker, Midsummer, Captain Marvel. Oh, Captain Marvel. So literally all the other ones. Yeah, you got some sort of weird vendetta against Captain Marvel, though, and I don't really understand it. I'll go Midsummer. (laughs) 
Although I, f- I feel like you could maybe like get more on a, you know, subsequent viewing. But also, I just feel like after that initial watch, the rewatches for me are just going to be diminishing. So. I'm cool with giving it to Midsummer. That movie sucks. I don't know. I just feel no, like no, I, the movie doesn't suck. I was Star Wars sucks. <laughs> I don't know. When I rewatched Midsummer, the last half hour so really kind of dragged and. It just. I, I, I dissent, but you guys can vote for it. You said what? Captain Marvel. I, or Star Wars. I okay, yeah. Mm. I'd be okay with Star Wars too. I kind of like Star Wars, but I like. I'd rather watch Star Wars than Midsummer. So I vote. <laughs> I vote Midsummer. All right, sorry, Tom. I gotta go Midsummer too. I mean, technically, Joker is my vote, but I know I'm not gonna win that one. So I don't know. I'm excited to rewatch Joker. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> All right. Well, the shower goes to Midsummer. Now it's time for the grower. This is the movie that you necessarily didn't necessarily have the highest expectations for, but just as it went on, grew on you. Mm. Looking forward to those rewatches. You just can't wait. Did we have. nominate Little Women for grower? Yeah. No. You give you can't give a I five know. star movie a grower award. I know, but I mean, I, I, technically, that's what I'm doing. But uh, Ad Astra and High Life are on here. I love those movies from the beginning, but uh, you guys not as much. Under the Silver Lake mm. and Her Smell are the growers of the year. These are the movies that grow on you. You take it in. Those all are feel good that nominees. length. That girth, and you're like, Ugh. I think Ad Astra for me is probably the grower. Yeah, but, but I haven't seen the the last two. But the ending of Ad Astra will just cement that for you, where you're like, oh yeah, it's not quite a grower. <laughs> it could still be a grower, just because it doesn't quite land the the ending. It stops growing before it ends. <laughs> <laughs> um, for hmm. me, it's for me personally, it's under the Silver Lake. I think that has good potential. I had pretty low expectations for that movie, and I liked it quite a bit. And I think I might like it even more on a rewatch. But yeah, I like that pick very well. All right, I never saw Silver it, Lake. So that's fine. All right, final two awards that we're giving out. First award is Total Eclipse of the Heart. This is named after the scene from Strangers Pray at Night. The best parts of an otherwise garbage movie. Uh, this is movie... Essentially, it's the most underrated. It's the movie that you don't think people gave enough attention to for whatever reason. It's the one that you think or you hope down the road will be not forgotten. Nominees are Alita Battle Angel, Toy Story 4, Britney Runs a Marathon, and Diane. What about Last Black Man in San Francisco? That'd be a good nominee. Yeah, it's gotten it's gotten an, a decent amount of attention. It mm. might not be getting as much as some of these other movies, but I mean, yeah. it's been on lists. It's been in the conversation. People are, I think, are giving it its due. Mm. No one's talking about Alita Battle Angel, which <laughs> rightfully so. You guys are laughing at me, it's but that movie, movie is uh, great. A bad movie. No. Matt. That movie kills. Mostly everything about it is bad. No yeah. way. No Including way. Including the story, Pretty the performances. Rough it's amazing. Folk with the face capture. The character is just so cool. So cool. Action packed. I can't believe Alita it. is just amazing. Robert Rodriguez is the man. 
whatever. You ever seen Spy Kids? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, um, Tom. I think your pick is Toy Story Four. Yeah. But come on, it's a Disney movie. I feel like that's yeah. Sure. It's never gonna go away. Maybe it didn't get the attention it deserves, but well, what else is on there? I think Diane is a good nominee. Mm-hmm. I just feel I like that. that's yeah. exactly Tom. It's gonna get lost in the uh, in the shuffle. Yeah, because there's so many movies yeah. these days, and it's, yeah, it's very small, independent, but it's a good movie. I gave it five stars. What was your final rating on it? I think I gave it four and a half. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's just it's a small movie, so it's not you know not the same profile that you're gonna get from some of these other yeah. movies. Um, but it's effective. Um, it's powerful. I would go Diane too. I think sure. Tom's looking let's, it up. He's like, hmm, "How do I feel about this?" What were the other nominees, real quick? Again, this. Alita, no. Toy Story, no. Brittany, Diane. Oh, Brittany runs a marathon might be a good one, but that's on Amazon Prime. I feel like they're going to be. It, it'll stick around. It's you know, I, I like that movie quite a bit. I think yeah. I give it a four. I believe maybe a four and a half. I don't remember, but it's good. Yeah, mm. it's funny. All right, final award. This is Total Eclipse of the Fart. This is. It's different from the hot dog garbage. So this isn't necessarily the worst movie of the year, but this is the movie that had some very vocal proponents. Some people really love these movies, and these are the movies that we just want to be buried in the ground and left behind in 2019. Just get rid of them. Scrub them from the history books. Fuck them. Total Eclipse of the Fart nominees. Dr. Sleep. Oh, yeah. High Flying Turd. The Beach Bum and Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I don't understand the hate for High Flying Turd. I say we we got to make a statement on the show, Matt. It's got to be Dr. Sleep. I can't believe Joker's not on this list. Can't believe what? Joker's not on this list. Oh, I would love for it to be on this list. Okay, so I think it should be Dr. Sleep, but I'd just love to take a chance to, you know. No one would care, though. Like, I feel like the proponents of Dr. Sleep are very vocal about it. Some people love it. Which Some is crazy. people, I mean, people like High Flying Bird, but no one's like, how dare you? I just want to ha- have a, a chance movie. to take a shit on Steven Soderbergh. I mean, I called the High Flying Turd. It's not good yeah, enough for you. I know. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Sleep was just, a, it's a bad movie. There's a director's cut now. Who wants to watch fucking know, three right? hours of this garbage? Dr. Sleep, did you see Dr. Sleep, Tom? No. Don't. I think it should be Joker. Me too, but because the fans are so annoying. That's true. Have you ever been it, on Twitter recently? But Travis? the thing is, is that movie will not die. So, but yeah, this, but this is, is our movie dream. We want to die. Yeah, dream big. I can't. And give, I liked. I like Joker. I can't give. I don't want a four and a half star movie to die. So, I want a one and a half star movie to die. But the people, <laughs> the people who love it are so infuriating. So I I think people have like stopped talking about Joker. I feel like people have stopped talking about it. No, 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 no. As long as the awards shows are going on. I guess you are. As long as the awards shows are going on, they will continue chirping. And then when he doesn't win Best Actor, they're going to be all over with their their sad lives. Is this like Bohemian Rhapsody all over again? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> so probably. I'm going to talk through. This probably won't play on a podcast, but I'm going to talk through an interaction I saw on Twitter about Joker. Somebody referenced the scene where um, Joker is like walking towards the camera, smoking a cigarette, not the stairwell scene. I can't remember exactly where it was, but somebody mentioned it and 
a Joker fanboy commented on it being like, oh my God, best scene in the movie, the symbolism, oh my God, amazing. And then somebody responded being like, uh, what symbolism? What are you talking about? <laughs> and the Joker fan's response was, if you don't understand what the symbolism then is, then clearly it went over you, your head, you idiot. Like, and if there's, there's not, there's literally no symbolism there. <laughs> I've seen the movie. I guarantee there's no symbolism there. It but sounds just people, like the scene from Parasite, man. You want to hear the best review of Joker that I've ever read? It's a letterboxed review, and it says, "Of course you think a pool is deep if you've never seen the ocean." Damn, got him. <laughs> it's fucking people who think Joker is this like monumental, like crazy. That's a pretty thinker. good, like one sentence review of joker yeah. <laughs> or takedown of joker so even though it wasn't nominated if tom's gonna throw it out there i'm gonna hop on i'm gonna i won't endorse it but you guys can steam nothing would make me happier i have to pee more than anything so i don't really care what pick right bury now. it all right you can you can go pee me and tom will wrap up this my segment. my no. my vote is dr shit <laughs> i'm i'm torn between dr shit and uh the yoker but tom you're joker. back at me joker Joker, total eclipse of the fart. Fuck you, Joker. I hope time forgets. For you. the record, I gave Joker four stars. That's true. I'm kind of surprised you were on this on this fight with me, but I just think that the people who love it are the most annoying people on the planet. It's just too much. Yeah, it's just like it's one of those movies that's getting way too much attention. Mm-hmm. Eleven Oscar nominations. So much attention. It's not that good of a movie. No, it's you know. I mean, I think it's bad, but I understand why people like it. But it's. It's, it might win Best Picture. It's hitting on this weird, like, bullied subculture, you know, like mm-hmm. the outcast sub- subculture. So Speaks maybe I'm like the asshole because I apparently I don't like the the down and out folk <laughs> in the world who <laughs> <laughs> love this movie. <laughs> All right. I, I just think it's getting, like, way too much praise. It, undeserved, yeah. All right. Total Eclipse of the Fart. That's going to do it for the Cinephiles Digest Awards of 2019. Uh, We are going to move into Oscar predictions because the Oscars are two weeks from when we are recording this, which is January 26th. Oscars will be taking place on February 9th, I believe. So we gotta we, we gotta rattle through these. Yeah, this is we're just gonna leave our predictions. We're not gonna have anything else after this. So as soon as Travis gets back. <laughs> <laughs> Offer up some predictions and get along, little doggy. And I'm Sam. Let's do it. All right. So I'm just going to read the category and the nominations. So you guys lock in your prediction and then we move on. Yeah. This is who we think will win, right? This is who we think will win, not who we want to win. Right. And in past years, we've done who we want to win and who we think will win. Let's just, we'll just do who we, who we think will win. Okay. First category, original screenplay. We have Knives Out, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasites. Marriage Story. Marriage Story. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That would have been my other one. (laughs) All right. Adapted screenplay. We have The Irishman, Yo-Yo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, and The Two Popes. Little Women. Irishman. Uh, I'm going Irishman. They're gonna give Greta. Was, I was gonna say was Greta nominated for best <laughs> director? No, no. Oh, then probably Little Women. Change your answer. Yeah, for the reason that Travis said. All right, you guys are going Little Women. Yeah, I'm sticking with the Irishman. 
Visual effects. Avengers Endgame, The Irishman, The Lion King, 1917, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Hmm. I'm going Avengers Endgame, for sure. That would be a cool pick, right? (laughs) Isn't that what they're going for? (laughs) That's the whole thing. That's the whole movie. Uh, hmm. Endgame. Endgame. Good on you, Tom. 1917. What visual effects are there in... 1917. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's still going to win. <laughs> yeah. Academy loves it. <laughs> Sound mixing. Ad Astra. <laughs> Sound mixing. Ad Astra. Ford v. Ferrari. Joker. 1917. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ford v. Ferrari. 1917. 1917. Mm-hmm. Probably a good pick. If there are explosions that are happening in different parts of the screen... Then that movie wins. <laughs> <laughs> Sound editing. Ford v. Ferrari. Joker. 1917. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Star Wars. The Rise of Skywalker. Can somebody explain the difference Once between Upon these a two Time in Hollywood? Stupid categories. Editing is um, where you edit the sound, and mixing is where you like, like mix them. Sound. Uh, Tell me what editing the sound means. It means uh, putting it because you're capturing the sound separate from the camera. It's not like an iPhone video where it does yeah. both. You have somebody with boom mics and stuff. So editing is like the way it's edited. The way it's edited. <laughs> and mixing is the way it's levels. mixed. <laughs> levels, dog. Levels. Okay, I'm gonna give it to. Uh, I mean, it's 1917, right? 1917. Travis? Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. For sound editing? Yep. Fucking Tarantino eyes over here. <laughs> Tarantino ears. <laughs> <laughs> All right, live action short film. I doubt any of us saw any of these, but let's pick based on name alone. Brotherhood, Nefta Football Club, The Neighbor's Window, Soraya, and A Sister. Brotherhood. A sister. I'm also going a sister, knowing nothing about it. A sister. Brotherhood was my first choice until I heard a sister. Until you heard (laughs) all of the other nominees. (laughs) They can't compare. (laughs) Animated short film. We have Desera, which I guess means daughter. Mm. Hair Love, Kitbull, Memorable, and Sister. Air love. Sister. One of them's got to win. Uh, I'm going with the only one I have seen from this <laughs> list, and that is Kitbull, which I love. It's delightful. It's on Disney Plus, by the way. What's well, Kitbull? It's a Pixar short film. Oh, I changed my Is answer. it the one Kitbull. that was it? Kitbull? <laughs> was it in front of a... Uh... No, 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 no. Oh. It's part of their like experimental shorts thing. I like that one with the little dumpling. Bow. The... Yeah, that was good. Yeah, Bow's good. Um, okay. Production design. The Irishman. Jojo Rabbit, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite. Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah, I'm going Hollywood on that (laughs) one, too. Uh, Is that where your three stars came from? I'm going to save this one. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Original song, I Can't can't Let You Throw Yourself Away from Toy Story 4. I'm Going to Love Me Again, Rocket Man. I'm Standing With You, Breakthrough. God, no. That's that uh, Jesus movie where the kid falls in the 
What? In not, a well or something? Not a Jesus movie, a religious movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, not that one. Uh, Into the Unknown, Frozen 2. Stand Up from Harriet. I guess I'm going with the Frozen 2 song. I don't I don't know what it is. Toy Story. Harriet. Harriet, huh? All right. That's the only thing it's got going for it is that song. Original score. We have Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. What a joke. The Sky Skywalker got a nom? Yeah, there's some good tunes. Some good tunes in there. It's John Williams. Give it to someone John else. Williams is He's been nominated like time 80 times. Any time now. You got to give him as many as you can. Uh, He's our best composer. Best score out of those, in my opinion, and also the one I think will win, Joker. What? <laughs> you are fucked. I, that score is the worst. It's Little Women. It's got to be no Little way. Women. My boy, Alexander Desplat. Oh, he's him. one enough. Love him. Keep him coming. Tom? Yeah, I'm going to say Little Women. So. Having not seen it, I'm going to guess Little Women. Yeah? All right. See, he knows what's up. Joker. He knows what's up. Great score. Great score. Joker, yeah. Makeup and hairstyling. Bombshell, Joker, Judy, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, and 1917. It's Bombshell. Didn't see it, but... What was the category? Makeup and hairstyling. Oh. It's got to be Bombshell. They made... Charlie's their own look just like Megan Kelly. Yeah, I would say Bombshell okay. as well. Bombshell, sure. <laughs> International feature film. This used to be called foreign language film. Nominees are Corpus Christi, Honeyland, Les Miserables, Pain and Glory, and Parasite. Parasite. Parasite with, it has uh, to be. I mean, it's the only one that's nominated for Best Picture also. So, I mean. Yep. Duh. Yep. Duh. Come on. Stupid. Yeah. It's like what they did with Amour. Remember when they nominated Amour for both? Yep. Didn't they, did they and do it that won. for Roma, Roma or no? Roma? Yeah. yeah. I was yeah. going to say yeah. they probably did the same thing for Roma. Yeah. It's like, uh, isn't it when, uh, didn't Up get nominated for like best animated and best picture that year? And so it was like obvious it was going to win yeah. best animated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> stupid. Uh, all right. So it's Parasite. Film editing. Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Parasite. The Irishman. The Irishman for sure. Yeah, I'll go with that. I'm surprised Little Women is not in there. Uh, documentary Short Subject. Or Uncut Gems, right? <laughs> uh, documentary Short, In the Absence, Learning to Skateboard in a War Zone, in parentheses, if you're a girl. Life Overtakes Me, St. Louis Superman, Walk, Run, Cha-Cha. St. Louis Superman. Learning to skateboard in a war zone if you're a girl. Yeah, that one. <laughs> All right, documentary feature. The nominees are American Factory, The Cave, The Edge of Democracy, For Sama, and Honeyland. Gotta go Honeyland, because it was nominated for Best International. <laughs> Yeah, and almost all of these are, except for American Factory. People are going to lose their shit over mm, Honeyland. I'm going American Factory on this one. I did. I think I saw that that's getting a Criterion treatment. It is, yeah. So is Marriage Story. I love American and Factory. And Atlantics in one other Irishman. thing. Oh, yeah. It's just crazy how, like, I don't know if Netflix has ever had a Criterion no, release yet. Criterion. And now they're getting four from this year. Mm-hmm. All right, Tom. <clears throat> Also, Travesty, the One Child Nation is not nominated, but 
whatever. I'll say Honeyland. Safe pick. Safe Have pick. Not seen it. Safe pick. All right. That's the winner. Directing. The Irishman, for Scorsese. Joker, Todd Phillips, 1917, Sam Mendes, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Tarantino, Parasite, Bong Joon-ho. Give me Marty. Give me QT. Cutie. I don't think they're going to give it to Cutie. I think they're going to give it to... Martine. I think they're going to give it to uh, Marty. They better know. <laughs> the Irishman. Yeah, you want Marty too, Tom? Oh, yeah. All right. Costume design. The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Fuck. You know, Bane and Glory should have been nominated. I was looking at some of his outfits on Google Images. <laughs> Dude looks fly as fuck. Yeah, he does. Those turtlenecks, the red turtleneck. Uh, yeah, he's got all these like retro like sweater polos oh, on. Oh, yeah. That's a good look. I'm going Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time. I'm going Jojo Rabbit on that one. Does it count of a costume count as a costume if Brad Pitt's just shirtless? Like is that? Oh yeah, that's that a choice. A- <laughs> <laughs> Certainly a choice. <laughs> um, okay, cinematography: The Irishman, Joker, The Lighthouse, nineteen seventeen, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No, it's got to be nineteen seventeen. It's got to be nineteen seventeen. Deacons, for sure. Animated feature film, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, I Lost My Body, Klaus, Missing Link, and Toy Story 4. Toy Story 4. Toy Story 4. Toy Story 4. Actress in a supporting role, Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell, Laura Dern for Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson in Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh, Little Women, Margot Robbie, Bombshell. I'm going Florence Pugh and Little Women. This is what I was thinking of. ScarJo was nominated twice. Once for... Once for actress and once for supporting actress. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize she was in Jojo Rabbit. Also, what's with that movie? Got a lot of nominations. I thought you guys didn't really like it that much. Jojo Rabbit? Yeah. I liked it. I I liked it. it. Didn't love it. Okay. Um, I go for uh, Laura Dern, Marriage Story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Travis? Give me ScarJo and Jojo Rabbit. Oh, three-way split on this one. Interesting. This might be the one that makes or breaks us. Actress in a leading role. Cynthia Erivo in Harriet. Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story. Saoirse Ronan in A Little Women. Charlize Theron in Bombshell. And Renee Zellweger in Judy. Search. Search. I'm going Zellweger. Mm. I think the Academy are a bunch of dupes, and they're going to give it to her. Gross. Actor in a supporting role. We have Tom Hanks in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Anthony Hopkins in The Two Popes. And then we have Pacino and Pesci from The Irishman. And Brad Pitt, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Wait, these are supporting? Yeah, supporting. Okay. I'm going Pitt. Pitt. Pip, pip, pip. All right, actor in a leading role, Antonio Banderas in Pain and Glory, Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver in Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix in Joker, and Jonathan Price in The Two Popes. I don't like it, but I'm going Joaquin. 
Hmm. He has been racking him up. They don't like him. The Academy doesn't like giving Joaquin awards because he just shits on them. Mm-hmm. But they're going to do it. I'll go Adam Driver. Mm. Mm. That just, would be that would be, be different. Well, Banderas would be my vote, but Adam Driver. Mm-hmm. You know, split. All right. And then finally, last but not Wait, least. Who did you vote for? Driver. Driver. Oh, okay. Uh, last but not least, best picture. We got Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. The Irishman. Wow. I don't think that's going to happen, Tom. I think Bold it's pick, but going to be 1917 or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm going Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Me too. This is Tarantino's year, baby. Let's go. It's bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. But you're right. It's going to be Once Upon a Time. It's either that or 19. They fucked up in 2009 when they didn't give it to him for Inglorious Bastards. So they're going to. No, they didn't. They're going to rewrite history right no. here. And <laughs> I don't know what we wanted over. But huh? Hurt Locker? Hurt Locker. Yeah. Okay. Should have been Avatar, right? <laughs> uh, okay. So those are our Oscar predictions that will be occurring in two weeks. We may next time we record, I don't know, we don't know when we're going to record, but it might be before the Oscars air. So we might not know how we did. Have you guys seen a twenty twenty release yet? I haven't. Not yet. I'm going to see. Um, <laughs> you see the gentleman. Uh, yeah, Paris is making me see the gentleman. Mm. I think it looks like a straight up turd, but she's making me see it. First great so. movie of twenty twenty, I hear. Gentlemen, not a lot, I hear of, it's super not a lot of competition, but I don't know. What about underwater? I don't bad know. Boys for Life? I still gotta see yeah, Bad Boys. Wasn't for Life. directed by Michael Bay. Not interested. <laughs> <laughs> Only interested to make Michael Bay is involved. Okay. Well, next episode we got a treat for you guys. We're gonna be doing the best of the decade. Mm, that'll be fun. The decade. Maybe a review too, but I don't know. January is garbage. So it's a subtle hint. <laughs> oh man you fucking nerd um so best of the decade will be the next episode stay tuned i want to thank everybody who wrote in this year we really appreciate the support and the feedback continue to send us emails feel free to ask questions you know we can we can talk the shit on the show you know answer some questions we love it um but really we truly appreciate it we're going on we're about to be starting our fourth year doing this podcast so come a long way huge Still doing it. Still doing it. Still loving it. Moving up in the world. Will we hit episode 100 this year? Probably not. <laughs> we'll come very close. Um, if we, Technically, it would be 26 episodes a year, so we should at the end of the year if we don't have too many like postponements. It might line up to where best of 2020 is episode 100. It could be. Yeah, we'll see. That'll be huge. That will be huge. But we'll see. But anyway, thank you everyone for listening. We're going to call it a day. We will be back in a couple weeks. Thank you. Later. I can't let you. I can't let you. I can't let you throw yourself away. I can't let you. I can't let you. I can't let you. I can't let you throw yourself away. Don't you want to see the sun come up each morning? Don't you want to see the sun go down each day? Don't you want to see that little girl who loves you so? Oh.
heart would break. 